Conspiracy players, welcome to a special episode of Conspiracy Playtime. Typically, as you know, we go balls deep into topics surrounding conspiracy or the paranormal and whatnot, but today we're bringing you something a bit different. A few months ago, in the middle of May, actually the day that the shooting happened in Buffalo at that Topps grocery store, so May 14th, I think. I had the privilege of sitting down with a friend of the show, Andy, who also happens to be Jeremiah's papa. I really love this dude. He's just an all-around kind and decent guy, and he's got stories. We talk about his days on the road as a long-haul trucker, get a little bit into the way that industry is rapidly changing, as well as the Great Reset happening all around us some psychedelic psychotherapy, among other things. We also talk about his perpetuating neurological issues, something that has come on pretty strong for him in recent years, especially this last year. He was kind enough to open up about that a little bit, and we end on ghost stories and a special surprise from Jeremiah's podcasting past. Even though this isn't exactly a conspiracy-driven episode, I had a great time talking with Andy and would love to have him back on at some point. I do want to apologize for the audio. We recorded remotely and the microphones ended up on default setting and were all out of whack. So I had to get creative as far as editing this, but I kind of got it sounding as good as it could. It's a little bit gorilla and not quite the sound quality I'd like to deliver, but we hope you enjoy the episode nonetheless. Also, as you may have noticed, we've taken a few weeks off. I've been busy getting my other show, Disinfobation, off the ground, and Jeremiah has been busy working on the house he and his fiance just bought. But we've got some stuff lining up. This last week was our anniversary as we launched on September 6th of 2021. So happy anniversary, Conspiracy Playtime. We hope to bring many more years and keep doing this as long as you'll watch and listen. Thanks to all of those who have stuck around from the beginning. It's been a fun ride. We're starting to grow an audience and hope to keep that going. So without further ado, here's Truckin' with Andy. 
Hello, conspiracy players. Welcome to a special edition of Conspiracy Playtime from a remote location, undisclosed area. And today we have a very special guest. And if you think that you're seeing Jeremiah from the future, there's a good reason for that. So I'm going to hand it over to Andy. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, everybody. Nice to be here with you tonight. Seems kind of funny to be in the seat where my son's usually at, but it's quite a quite a pleasure to be here. Anyway, they we're come... glad to have you. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, I was sitting in on one of their podcasts one day, and over at Colby's house, him and Jeremiah, and I was kind of sitting in the background there, and I kept pointing out these little things, these little things, and pretty soon Colby says, "Hey, you need to get on here with this one of these days." So, so here I am. <clears throat> Worked out pretty good today. We got up here and enjoying this beautiful weather and we're going to talk a little bit about the old truck driving days back in the 70s 80s and 90s anyway um and there's so so many different things to talk about i'm not even sure where to start at but there's one thing that i wrote down today that i want to start out with it says uh the truck driving days of the late 70s 80s and early 90s Drove truck for about 10 years up and down the I-5 corridor, Washington to Mexico, just depending on where the stuff was growing. And the funny thing is that we were pulling a reefer. That was the plan. That was the name of the traders we pulled, you know, flatbeds, tarp vans, stuff like that. It says, pull the reefer. Where is this stuff growing? <laughs> I was going to say, most of our audience probably thinks of other things when they hear the word reefer. So, yeah. But that, that always has always been something that everybody always would say, what's in your reefer? <laughs> what kind of stuff you got in your reefer today? <laughs> nice. But it, that was always something, you know, you got to have funny things to talk about once in a while. You kind of humor yourself up. I mean, it's pretty long, lonesome road out there when you're out there trucking up and down the road. Nighttime. So how many stretch, like what was your average stretch of time being in your long haul? Uh, you mean for a trip or yeah. for a day or for, well, a, like, <laughs> for a trippy day? <laughs> either or. <laughs> well, we could drive like 10 hours a day legally. Because back then they didn't really keep as good a tabs on you as they are. Well, they days. didn't have, oopsie, they didn't have uh, the big wigs looking after you a bit. But now it's a totally different game. But before, we just had a piece of paper we filled out, basically. It was called a logbook. And you could lie if you needed to? Well, yeah. I, I just kept three of them at a time, and that way you could juggle them whatever you needed to do. You know, there was really no wrong or right, as long as you knew how to juggle your balls, you know. Okay. So, I mean, I never had any problem whatsoever, ever, in the whole time I drove. I never had any accidents, never had any problems with the way people or nothing they just they thought we were doing the jobs great because we were took care of our equipment really well I mean, we had some of the shiniest trucks on the road and uh, when you'd pull up these way stations you know for inspections and stuff the guy'd say oh it's you again they just kind of go ahead and go we know you're okay so but they knew we took care of our stuff you know we never had any problems with it at all but uh i mean i i don't know man i Put a lot of miles on. I don't know how many million miles I put on, but it was a lot, lot, lot of, lot of fun days out there. Met a lot of good people, and the fun part about it was that you could put. I always that truck was so long and so wide and so tall, but they always said you could only put so much weight on them. But I always made 
somebody think different that I knew I could put more weight on them than they're supposed to be put on them. So. Really? And you never you never had any <laughs> never trouble got any, with that? Never got any trouble. I just went around the scales. You could go around all the scales back in those days. and The only one you couldn't go around was the one there down there by Redding. It's a cottonwood scale, but it said, there's a sign that said, loaded trucks only. So I'd stop an exit above the scale. I'd turn my reefer off so it would make no noise, and I'd just cruise around and buy it like I was a empty i'm imagining you could never pull that off <laughs> no not anymore that's those days are gone those days are gone and so yeah i always heard that the reason for that was the a heavy load would just fuck up the roads and well so, yeah but it's, if people drive right yeah you know i mean if you drive right and take it easy and take care of your tire pressure and all that stuff everything's fine but it's the people that don't do things right that mess, messes up for everybody else yeah so so yeah any any reason to regulate regulation right. for the sake of regulation so yeah when i was a little kid in school we learned that you would see truckers having to like take certain 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 amounts of their loads off if they got oh caught. yeah oh yeah you'd see them at the way stations pulling stuff off and, yeah but i just never gave them the opportunity ever to do that you know okay. i just made it if you just act like you knew what you're doing and it always worked out so I always think of these people like there's a lot of good cops out there, but of course we only know about the bad ones because that's what right. everybody talks about. So I always wonder if these people that work at the way stations, if they ever have like a power trip that they're on or if they're just pretty decent people. Oh, I'm sure they do. You know, you get into these. I've noticed a lot lately even that they don't even pull people over anymore. They just let them go. I hardly ever see a truck pulled over. Uh, even through the scale shacks and stuff, they, they just tell people to move on. We don't even want to mess with you anymore. You know, it's like kind of like it's good in it's good in a way and it's bad in a way. You know, I mean, who's making sure that all this stuff's equipment's up to snuff? But I think what they've got all this stuff in this tattletale unit they've got on the trucks now that tells all your uh, maintenance work and all the stuff and who's done by and where it's done out, so they can kind of go back and use that against if something went wrong. That would be their insurance policy, basically. It tells you that something wasn't kept up, your you know your records weren't kept up, and things like that. But you got to have certain inspections, you know, your brakes and your airlines and all that stuff like that. And if I mean, if you broke a airline, you're coming down the highway, and you know you got a loaded truck, you're going to be in trouble. So you know that was kind of stuff that. It, it, that's what's happening with a lot of these wrecks and stuff out there. The people don't have any maintenance. Yeah, whenever I see one of those runaway ramps, oh, they yeah. have the big oh, sand yeah. pile at the end. Yeah. I always wonder, like, how often are those things necessary? Uh, we see. I've seen quite a few of them, people in them, and they got them. They just rip the axles right out from underneath them trucks. I mean, it's pretty well. Kind of just a last resort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, last resort. <laughs> hey, hey, boss, guess where your truck's at? <laughs> I can leave the keys in, or you want to come help me get out of here, you know. <laughs> but you got to think, you know. You got always the rule of thumb was always when you go up a hill, you can never go down the hill faster than you went up the hill. Okay. And you're always it. It was a you never screwed up. And even, you know, we cleaned our trucks. I'm going to go back and forth on stuff as I'm going down the hill. That's, that's you know, fine. We can we, make it all fit together. You remember all those bugs and mosquitoes and stuff down there by Sacramento and, and uh, by the asparagus fields and all the 
uh, tomato farms and all that stuff down there. You ever remember all that? Mosquitoes down there? Man, the mosquitoes were just like, I mean, clouds of them. And we'd have our trucks just primo to the max, you know. And so I I did some searching a little bit, and um, I found out if you spray lemon bread pledge on the front of your truck after it's all clean, brand new paint and everything, then when all them bugs hit, you can just wipe them off with the right. They don't stick to your paint. Oh, you're just taking that layer of... Just taking that layer and taking it off, yeah. And okay. they don't don't have a chance to penetrate into the paint. It's an old old trucker's trick. Yeah, well, you know, man, I mean, when you want to have your truck looking good and you can't because the bugs just pretty much take over. You know, your back of your mirrors would just be black. I mean, I've never seen mosquitoes so bad in my life. And that's like the worst area for it is just outside Sacramento? Yeah, yeah outside Sacramento. A lot of them, um, you know, those, like I say, the asparagus are grown in those lily pad fields, you know, kind of like that, you know, half water and half. So it's pretty much a breeding zone for them. Oh, for sure. Just sitting water, yeah, or standing water. Okay. You ever been down that area? Where you know, I've driven through the I-5 probably twice in my life through that area. Okay. And I don't remember. It'd be summertime. It'd be yeah. hot summertime, you know. I think I did come up from, like, Barstow. Okay. And hooked up. It was the first time I ever actually came to Ashland. And I think it was just mostly <laughs> at night that I was driving, so... So you came up through Bakersfield down in that way? Well, it was, yeah, because I was over in Arizona, and then okay. uh, my mom and I had gone to a family member's funeral, and then we decided to just take this trip and go okay. this weird way home and then stop and surprise my girlfriend at the time who was living in Eugene. Okay, cool. That was the first time I ever drove by Ashland. Wow. And my dad actually went to college there, and he was always talking about how much he loved it. Wow. So when I saw Ashland the first time, and it was just a bunch of fucking stoned hippies, I was like... All right. My dad likes this place. Whoa, that just kind of threw me for one. So, but yeah, if I, whenever I was driving down to California, I always take the 101. Okay. So, okay. Haven't seen a lot of those massive mosquito swarms you're talking about. Not, not down there, yeah. Yeah. And then they had that fog down there too, man. That fog from like Sacramento to Fresno, Bakersfield area. I mean, that stuff would hang out for like three months at a time. What time of the year is that? Uh, winter time. Winter time, early winter time. Okay. And I mean thick fog. I mean you could, you know those lines on the freeway. You, you could see like three of those lines in front of you. Oh, that. that's so, it. That's it. We'd go down through there in convoys, like four or five of us at a time, so we could take turns leading. And you know your C, whoops, your CB radios turned up high as it can go. You know so you can hear if there's any wrecks going on in front of you. And, we just take turns leading and go, you know, and just move on down the road. But, man, I'll tell you what, after three months of that stuff, it's like a treacherous on your eyeballs. Yeah, it seems like it would be. Yeah. That's one of the that's the, one of the worst things that I could ever, ever say that I was ever in. Snow never bothered me, but the fog is really, really, really hard on your eyes. I always thought... <clears throat> When I'm driving in the winter and the trucks, like especially here in uh, southern Oregon and coming into northern California, it just seemed the trucks lined up on the side putting on their chains. Yeah. I just always thought that looked like such a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. And then and, run them for a few hours and take them off for maybe 30 minutes and then take them back off. And then... Or even finding a place to pull over sometimes right. seems like it would be hard. Right. But like going south from here, you know, you got this mountain, then you got weed and Shasta. So, you know... A lot of times you're taking them off and putting them on twice before you even get to Sacramento. Yeah. That's a, that's a good workout for a, when you're supposed to just be driving. 
Yeah, and you're getting paid by the load, right? Yeah, not so by you, putting James on. Yeah. You're being paid to get there and not worry about how you got there. <laughs> but there wasn't very many times we didn't go. You know, I, I got uh, food poisoning one time, and, and that was the only time that I can remember ever I didn't make my appointment on time. But fortunately, I was coming home, so it didn't really matter. I made my drops okay down south. But then coming home, got that. And man, I'll tell you, you ever had food poisoning when you're driving drunk? It's a fucking miserable son of a bitch, I'll tell you what. I bet. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want, I mean, just having food poisoning at home in your bed is the worst thing. Yeah. I can't imagine being on the road with it. Is that for eating like nasty ass truck stop food or? Well, I ate a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich at a cast steak truck place down there by Magic Mountain. They were famous for the bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches. And this one wasn't, these were not famous that day because I heard a few other people got the same thing from it. Do you think it was in the lettuce or in the bacon? In the bacon. In the bacon. You could taste it in the bacon when you're, when it was coming out of you. Oh, that sounds horrible. (laughs) Pretty, pretty bad. But, you know, I mean, it, you got, just got to be careful what you put in you. What you put in you is going to, you know, but I always ate that all the time. I was thought I was safe. And so that was just the only time you're That's entire... the only time, yeah. That's, That's not bad time, numbers. Yeah. yeah, that, I made it from that day, like Magic Mountain, Castake, up to Wasco. That's how far I made it before I started losing it. How, so how far away is that? About an hour and a half. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a burger at Black Sheep once, yeah. and I lived up by the hospital okay. in Ashton there, and I was walking home. <laughs> Let's just say I didn't make it. Didn't, didn't work, huh? Didn't make it. Wow. So, yeah. Was that a late night burger? Or? It was not. I was I just went and had a couple beers, and I was hungry, so, and it's always good food there. Right. But that night, huh. didn't didn't sit well with me. I missed a couple days of work, and I never call in sick. <laughs> I'll fucking go to work with COVID if I have to. Right, right. Don't tell my bosses I said that. There you go. But yeah, it was a just a one-time thing for me too. I've only had it once in my life, but I also I haven't probably eaten all the all the roadside food that you have. That's right. Sure. Well, we made a lot of that stuff, you know. A lot of people made their own food and took took it with them and stuff, you know. But it just, I mean, I you grab a burger and shove it in going down the road and you're on the on the way, you know. You didn't really spend much time. You didn't get paid for eating, so you got paid for trucking, you know. So. Yeah. We ran pretty hard. We ran pretty, pretty, pretty hard. But, you know, we made good money for the company. They were always happy with it, you know. And just gets too big. It's hard on the small companies after a while. The big companies pretty much take over after a while. You know, I mean, look at the way the whole corporate America is going right now. You know, there's going to be a very few people that own the whole world before long, the way it's going. Yeah, we're getting close. <clears throat> I mean, we talked about all these little mom and pa things opening up, you know, and pretty soon somebody will buy them up, and then the next one will go. Remember, Dagoba Chocolates was the same way. They got bought out by Nestle's, I think, or something, didn't they? Yeah, and uh, the, if you ever <laughs> read the, the memoir written by the, the Cliff Bar guy, okay, he had Hershey fucking pulling some mafia-type shit when he refused to sell. Oh, wow. And he's he managed <clears throat> to hold on, but yeah, I think Dagoba did... Did sell it was either yeah it was either Nestle or Hershey one of those big companies. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so for our listeners, Dagoba is uh, handcrafted organic type chocolate in Southern Oregon, and when you buy that now, it's not Dagoba anymore. It's got the Dagoba label, and that's what <laughs> Nestle wanted apparently. Right. 
So, but that's not, you know, that just doesn't seem like they can do something like that, ruin somebody's thing like that after just, just by the snap of a finger by somebody's money. You know, doesn't seem right. Does that seem like a, there should be a clause in that somewhere that you got to keep the product the same as it is or else you can't do that. And I'm sure they did. You know, it's kind of like how, what, maybe 15, 20 years ago, you would never see organic food at Walmart. Right. Now that there's that demand for it, they're carrying good shit. And uh, the company I work for, they could get bought out in a heartbeat. And I think that if, if they got the right offer... Uh, right. I think the company would prefer to keep it the same. Just kind of like when Budweiser or Anheuser-Busch, I right. guess, goes in and buys one of these microbreweries. You know, right. They keep the same recipe. Right. Uh, I think that one of the things I wanted to ask you about, and we could go back to your notes at this point, right. or we could uh, talk about the direction that trucking has gone in recently and where you think it's going. Well, you know, the, the, it's going really, really bad way the wrong way right now for sure I mean, there's no way that these trucking companies can pay these rates and and expect to make money and pass it on to the consumer fast as fast as it's going you know it takes fifteen hundred dollars cash every time or so to fill up your truck I mean, how many fifteen hundred dollars you got to give away before you can finally say that this ain't gonna fucking work no more that's what a lot of them are doing. You know, I mean, back in the days when we were at shit, the diesel was 25, 30 cents a gallon. You know, and, and it just doesn't make any sense to me at all right now what's going on. I mean, we, we used to buy tires for like 80 bucks a pop. Now they're almost $600 a piece. 600 for one tire? One tire. At that, you know, I mean, how long does it take you to make up for that cost? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's just, it's not an insurance and upkeep and... And when you got employees, you got if you got ten employees or more, you got to have a counselor for them. You know, you got to have. You got the employees have too many rights to take everything away from me anymore, from the employer. And so, do you see a big switch to automation and uh, driverless trucks happening within uh, the next couple of decades? Well, maybe, probably. Probably not in my time, probably, but you know, I know they're trying some of that stuff now, but I don't, I don't see any way possible that they could make it the way they're doing it. It just doesn't seem feasible to me. I mean, it, it, they got to come up with a different program than what they got going on. So, is is the main issue that you're seeing the gas prices? Is it in, or... Well, you you think about the all the the electric stuff that's got going on, you know, all them batteries and all that shit. What's where's that stuff going to go when it gets tired? I mean, they talk about getting rid of stuff now that's tired, but look at when this electric stuff gets tired, then where does that stuff go? Elon Musk is just going to shoot into outer space, maybe. Yeah. We're going to, I think we, I mean, maybe we're already doing it, but I just the way the human race does treat certain issues, I think eventually, because we've used the ocean as our dumping grounds. Right. Fuck that all up. Why? I mean, if they can, they're probably shooting garbage into space. He needs to pick up the White House and shoot that into outer space. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think... Send that for a loop and see what happens. What, <laughs> make it make, spin real hard and whoever was tough would hang on and whoever didn't, didn't make it. And with our <laughs> luck, everybody would fly off and then when it landed, Joe Biden would still be there. Right. Come on, man. Yeah. Or would be over in another country and they'd want more money for us. Yeah, that's true as well. I don't know how far down can a person go before that this thing goes any worse, though. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I've been just watching a few stories on... 
on some of that social media about truckers and stuff the last few nights, just kind of looking about what's going on right now. Man, I mean, I can't believe that. Well, talk about that a little bit. Well, they're just not happy, you know. I mean, they're, it's not going to work. It's not going to make it for them. You know, these people got to be away from their family all the time, and they're losing money. They're coming home broker than they were when they left to go the first time. They say right now that like that, I don't know if we talked about that to you earlier, but they say that inflation is that much out of whack that there's no way we can ever catch up with that to make it right again. Yeah, we'll just always be playing catch up at this point, it seems like, with a lot of these systems. Yeah, I mean, these credit card companies and stuff are going to go, <clears throat> they're going to love you because they're going to get back on ball game, you know, and I mean, that's something that I thought we were supposed to start getting on the other side of the bin instead of back in the hole again. But I guess, you know, like my age, I don't know, I guess if you rack up your credit cards and you go on uh, Medicare and all that stuff, what's, who's gonna, what are they going to do about it? They say they just throw that shit out the door, basically. So it's like, how long can you hang on before they... <laughs> it's, it's messed up, you know? Yeah, it seems like lately you're just seeing a shitload of short-term solutions stacking on top of each other. and Right. Well, look at the highways and stuff, you know, for all this equipment and stuff. I mean, you got I-5, the main corridor for trucking traffic, and you got one lane going over the Siskiyou's, up and down. I found that out the hard way this morning. <laughs> Didn't factor that into my drive time. But, I mean, they'll never, ever, ever be able to make that road wider. And look at the infrastructure that's coming through and that everything's growing so big and stuff it's like it, it ain't gonna work i mean i come out of texas and shit the freeways down there were they're planning on the next phase before they even get these ones opened up that they got going right now and so andy's just spent what seven years in seven the years. austin texas area yeah so you you i mean when you got there how much do you think it's grown since then? Oh, man. Well, I mean, they said there was like 100,000 people coming in there a day. A day? A day, Holy yeah. fuck. Yeah. I thought you were going to say like a year. Oh, no, 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 no. You're that, talking about the entire state? In the state, yeah. Okay, I yeah. thought we were, okay, that but, makes sense. But a, that's still a lot. It's like still a lot. And I mean, you should see Elon Musk's new plant down there. This fucking thing is Oh, you uh, saw it? Huge. Uh, you drive by it and you think, it's just like you're driving through a canyon wall. This guy's got a fence up that goes on and on and on and on and on and on and I don't know how many miles along the freeway there. So how many jobs did that bring in, do you know? Oh, boy. Nah, you know, I don't know. Without looking that up, that'd be something you'd have to look up and see. Well, let's look it up right now. Okay. Just got the internet. Why not? New factory. You got big factories going in all over the place, I think. 10 billion invested. That's like a quarter of what he fucking is paying for Twitter. <laughs> so to say how many employees are? 10,000 10, plus. plus. I guess he's not the best person to work for from what I've heard of, but I don't know much about him. I was going to ask if you have any opinions about him. I've, I've just from what I've heard about it, but he, they say he's kind of like working for people that work for Amazon, kind of. Okay, well, they, those two kind of have a pissing contest. Going on there. <laughs> like, who's going to build the bigger dick-shaped rocket? <laughs> you think they came out of the same egg? 
Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, so if you look at uh, DARPA, you know DARPA. I don't. It's. I, I've heard of that. Yeah. So it's the it's like the Defense Department of the military. Okay. And fucking Jeff Bezos' grandfather was the first director of that. Oh wow. And then wow. Elon's grandfather was a big technocrat, laying the way for technocracy to fucking pretty much just control everything. Wow. So yeah, they are out of the same age. Was Zuckerberg involved in all that? Well, stuff Zuckerberg. Too? So Jeremiah did. We're probably gonna get off the subject for a little bit. That's all right. So. Well, it's it's funny because it all comes back around to your son because when I met Jeremiah, he kissed the fucking ground that Elon Musk walks on, and now, after all the research he's done throughout episodes of the podcast, he did an episode on Facebook. We talked about DARPA, and basically, if you look at the you know the paper trail is pretty much Facebook is a CIA slash DARPA project, wow. just a, a data gathering thing. He went to a John Hopkins Center for Talented Youth when he was twelve, I think. That's a summer camp for like elite special kids who are gonna you know pave the way for the future. Wow. And so they get they get their hooks in these people early. So. That was twenty dollars a year to go to that. Huh? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, but you'd be surprised if you see the list of a lot of people who've gone through there. It's they, They're all big now. So is Elon's parents still around then? Well, there? so his mom is a an old model from South Africa. Oh, wow. And yeah, she's around. In fact, the other day, he, he made some sarcastic tweet saying, if anything happens to me, such and such, because, you know, everybody's gunning for him right now. Right. Because he's defending free speech and he wants Trump back on Twitter and all right. that. And his mom tweeted, don't say stuff like that, honey. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure she was gorgeous back in her day. She's like a silver fox now. Oh, wow. I mean, he's probably a few years younger than you. Okay. I know he's in his 50s. Okay. Elon? Yeah. Okay. okay. So. Well, he's got a brain, though, doesn't he? Some of a bitch has got to be fucking, that some bitch has got to be humming inside there. That's what it seems like. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's got so many irons in the fire, it's unbelievable. Well, yeah, and if you look at all his business ventures, and then he spends a lot of his time on Twitter. Yeah. It's like, when does this motherfucker sleep? Well, I mean, Is he a robot? it makes you wonder if he gets a lot of his support from Twitter. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, you're going to just put this as a mental note in your, in your pocket for what you got going on right now and what you're going to get out of Twitter. Yeah. I mean, just make that into your system to think about that. You know, it's, 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 it's there. It's just how you work it to make it all work. Yeah. And that we were talking a little bit earlier when I first got here about how <clears throat> I'm pretty social media adverse. Right. And I did get on Twitter and started being active with it. And I've immediately grew the podcast and had talked to guests right. that I never would have met without Twitter. So, right. yeah. And if Elon Musk does indeed change it into a free speech platform, right. it can only get better for what it is right now. Well, how come, you know, the thing is that really gets me about this stuff, though, is this stuff gets going really, really good like this. People are doing really well, and then somebody will buy it up, and then they'll want somebody to pay for it. And then somebody else will come along, and there'll be another one, and there'll be another one, and there'll be another one, until, it, you know, they run them down to the, to the ground. I mean, like YouTube, you guys do the YouTube thing. But, I mean, do you pay for your YouTube stuff, or no, you just don't use all free stuff? Yeah, and you can actually make money on YouTube. Right. But... I know Jeremiah does a little bit once in a while with this stuff, you know, but... Yeah. That's why I think if everybody worked together on all their things and coincided everybody's things together, make money off of everybody and just make it 
I mean, it's the advertising. The people that got the products are going to pay for it. They're mm -hmm. the ones making the money. Yeah, if you can show somebody that you can reach a significant audience, they'll pay you for right. their, you know, services and their advertisements. But right. uh, yeah, that's that's Jeremiah. He's he's definitely got that side of the brain, and I don't. So, right. Right. I mean. Every podcast that I listen to, I would say about ninety percent of them have advertisements. Okay. So it's just the way it goes. So yours are pretty. Yours are all clean. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, and I, I would love to just start working with local people I know who okay. have these little startup businesses okay. and like, you know, make a little bit of money right. and help them grow. Right. Right. And you know, we'll see. We'll and see how big it gets. If you get working with Jeremiah a lot, a lot of that stuff, you guys can work together on a lot of that stuff too. Yeah, exactly, and he's the one who does all the internet stuff. Right. I don't touch any of it. Were you, uh, was it, you were thinking about helping him do some stuff sometime with his business at one time, or you guys were contemplating that, or what was it? Yeah, so he's, uh, he's talked to me, and we've, I mean, it's just, I, when I see Jeremiah, we podcast. It's just like, yeah. we don't, we, he'll stop by work every once in a while, and we'll bullshit. But yeah, he's talked about having me do some editing for the videos he's right. making. right. Because I think he understands, like, how much time that shit takes. Oh, boy. And he's like, hey, man, what would you charge me? And I'm just like, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I do it for myself, and I have right. fun with it, but I've never right. considered editing for money. Right. So I'd have to do a little bit of research. Yeah, that. well, I'm sure there's something like that out there. Yeah. Yeah, you got to put the friend thing in there, too. And just, But, but you got to be, but make it right so you both are comfortable, and then there's no hard feelings down the road about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. funny how you see people lose their friendships over money stuff. Right. It's unfortunate. Yeah. You guys seem like you're pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. Like Jeremiah, I, he's one of those guys that is within the first day of working with him, I knew that we were going to be friends. Right. And then I went five years without seeing him. Right. And as soon as we saw each other again, we it was like no right. time had passed. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So, yeah, we would never fall out over something as petty as money. Good. Uh, That's good, yeah. I mean, we were talking earlier about how fucking families fall apart over oh, money and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's crazy, so. you know. I mean, it's like, I just, you know, I, we, my family is always really pretty close in the growing up days. You know, in the, I mean, I had three sisters, three sisters and me, and my mom and dad, and my stepbrother there part of the time. We had a three-bedroom house with one bathroom in it. So you better get along in that <laughs> yeah. small of a space. <laughs> yeah. Plan on who's going to take showers, when, what, do whatever. But anyway, back to the trucking days. So we, All right. we did a lot of uh, bananas, potatoes. Our downloads came out of Klamath Falls, most of them. Potatoes and onions and horseradish and ginger root and stuff like that, taking it down into the markets, you know, in the L.A. markets and those are pretty interesting, those L.A. markets at night. When you pull in there at 3 in the morning, there's nine hookers running up and down the road, and they're, they're knocking on your door, and the lumpers are trying to help you get unloaded. If you get out of your truck and don't lock your door, that you get back there, and the hookers are inside your cab, and the, the other ones have stole your loan locks out the back, you know, so you got to pretty much, when you go into the markets down there, you grab a, a lumper that you've used for a long time or two of them so they they're pretty much your bodyguards for your truck and your equipment and your yourself and so you never really ever get out of your truck but boy i learned the hard way the first time is jumped out of my truck went back opened up my doors back in by the time i got back into the dock my load locks were gone and about 
10 sacks of potatoes were gone up. And that's how fast they work, these guys, fucking quick. Oh, fucking Anybody who doesn't know what they're doing, they take advantage of it right away. Right now, yeah. You've heard of the Watts District down there? No. Never heard of that? Look uh-huh. that up sometime, the Watts District. You, you want me to look, look it up right up. now? Yeah, you can look it up right now. Not a good place to be when you go into the L.A. area. I mean, the, when you drive down the road and you come to these street lights, they got a flashing, blinking light that says, if there's nobody coming, don't stop. Here's from Britannica.com. It's the southwest district of L.A. The district originally called Mudtown. So it was named for C.H. Watts in 1900, a Pasadena realtor who owned a ranch there. It was annexed to Los Angeles in 1926. Gained widespread notoriety on my birthday, August 11th, to the 16th of 1965. Not that that's my birth year, but <laughs> as the scene of radical disturbances, angered by long-standing social injustices, thousands of African Americans riot. Oh, this is where that happened. Mm-hmm. I remember these riots. Of course, I wasn't around, but learning about these riots. Uh, uh, thousands of African Americans rioted, burned stores, and pillaged the area. Before order was restored, 34, pe- 34 people had been killed, nearly 4,000 arrested, and more than 1,000 injured, and hundreds of buildings had been destroyed. Sounds like Portland last oh, a couple years time, ago. Yeah. Disorder yeah. again marred the district in 92. Is this Rodney King? Yeah. When rioting, looting, and arson consumed much of the Watts and neighboring Compton following the acquittal of four white police officers. One of them was named Officer Coon. If you want to talk about some irony, I learned that from a stand-up comedian I really like. Right. Uh, in the beating of African-American Rodney King. So that's the thing, is I definitely knew about this area and the right. history, but I never knew it was called the Watts. Never put it together like that. Yeah. yeah. But th- it was right beside the produce market down there in L.A. If you, when you turn around to get out of the market to go, to get back on the freeway, if you missed one turn, you end up right in the middle of this freaking district. And I mean, it was, it, guys standing out with machine guns. I mean, you pretty much didn't even look to the side. You just looked to get the hell out of there when you got so, there. What year was this about when you got This was your... in like in the early 80s. Yeah, because it looked like it kind of from the mid-60s on, it's been a pretty shady spot. Yeah, it's still pretty, you hear about it a lot. Everything's a little different down there in that area. I mean, you know, they had the Teamsters Union and, the, you know, a lot of unions and stuff down there. That And those people that are involved in the unions are a lot of shady shit goes on in the unions. Yeah, one of my favorite aspects of uh, the Kennedy legacy is uh, his brother when he was attorney general going after Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, yeah, okay. Their little back and forth is kind of a right. crazy thing to look into. You don't, I mean, you don't hear about that stuff when you hear about the Kennedys. You just hear about, like, all the great things they did. Right. And, you know, I'm not saying that Hoffa was the best dude or anything. Right. But they've tried to stamp out that union quick. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Robert Kennedy was pretty ruthless when it came to that kind of stuff. Right. So. But there's not a lot of unions and stuff left anymore, is there? They've, a lot of them have been broken up. Well, you know what I heard is uh, they're starting to unionize in these big Amazon fulfillment centers. I think uh, one in New, New Jersey did, uh, okay. and it's kind of started a domino effect. Oh, so, wow. So. To get back to Bezos. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And I guess they just got to, like, get enough votes, and then they just do it. So then they just kind of like run their own ship, huh? I guess so. Oh. Yeah, so my uh, my buddy who I rent his house, and he's my neighbor, he's a president, or I don't know if he's president, but of the teacher's union. Okay. He's like 
because you remember, I don't know if this was before you left Southern Oregon, but they had strikes, big teacher strikes. Oh, and I then they that. unionized. I, that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Oregon, they've cut a lot of the education funds in the last couple of decades. Oh, so. boy. I mean, a lot of that stuff, but even when I went to school, you know, they don't have a lot of that stuff like they did. But, I mean, I don't, it doesn't make any sense, but they blame it on, they got excuses for fucking everything instead of just fix the problem, you know. I mean, there's no reason why they can't keep that stuff going. You got all kinds of people in the world that would help support that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, we give our money to other countries for some stupid shit, and they can't even take care of the education in America. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I was talking with my other co-host the other day just about this $40 billion we're shipping to Ukraine, and... Look at all the businesses that were lost over COVID, and those they're not getting any money. No. Uh-uh. And the government took that, took their work. And the sad part about that COVID thing, they still blame everything on COVID. Even up to today, it's still because of COVID. If it's, it's like, not because of COVID, it's because of Trump. <laughs> yeah. But I <laughs> One mean, of the two. Know, but it's like, you know, fuck, I mean, I, there's plenty of jobs out there, but why don't people want to work? Well, I think... A lot of people were incentivized to not work, and they got used to it. Yeah, yeah. but how long can that last for them? I would think not very long. How much? I mean, they got to stop feeding them pretty soon, I would think. And then the uh, the people who've been putting off paying their their mortgages and their rent, there's a moratorium on that. And right. when that ends, who knows what the hell it's going to look like? I think it has maybe ended oh. recently. So <laughs> Gizmo's doing good. <laughs> We were dog sitting this afternoon too. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that's a, a very interesting place. But anyway, we then we loaded bananas out of the Long Beach every week off the docks down there. You know, they bring them big boats in. Them are big ass boats. Them big tarantula filled banana boats. You know. Coming up from like South America. Yeah, Ecuador and Panama and Nicaragua. There's or four different places where they bring them in from that was pretty interesting you know you, we'd get a half load of bananas in there and build a big wall in there to keep the yeah to keep the temperature of the bananas a certain temperature like, like four different four degrees difference you could have them you know 58 to 61 and then go load strawberries and celery and carrots and stuff like that in the back and use the ice from the they put on top of the carrots to use that for the cooler in the back and the front would be the bananas off the reefer unit, you know, and got a 40-foot reefer full of goodies. Okay, so the banana thing is also interesting because if you look at, like, maybe the middle part of the 1900s, that the banana trade actually dictated a lot of foreign policy. Oh, big there. time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those companies were huge into that. Yeah. Yeah. We would overthrow governments just right. so we could get their fucking bananas. Oh, boy. People well, didn't want to get us their bananas, <clears throat> put someone else in there to do it. Right. Well, you think that those companies are huge that were doing that. Chiquita and... Uh, Chiquita's shady as fuck. Oh, yeah, big time, yeah. And then there was uh, Dole. They're big into bananas. And, and they all pretty much came from the same area, but they put them in a different box. You know, each had different farms for their own stuff, you know, whatnot, but... But, you know, they got into other stuff besides the bananas. They got into the whole line of produce, you know. Yeah, and Dole was really big in Hawaii, too, growing up. Oh, big time, yeah. Pineapples and tomatoes, and they do strawberries. They do cantaloupes. They do pretty much all of it. So did you ever have tarantulas in your truck? Uh, I never did see any. Okay. Never did see any. But I've heard a lot of stories about them. 
Yeah, I've, there's always the urban legend of some cousin's sister's friend who was unpeeling a banana and got bit by a spider and uh, died. And I'm always like, really? Is that real? I'm sure it happened to somebody. Yeah. But. We brought more cockroaches up from California than bananas. Okay. They were Those things were pretty pretty crazy. That friend of mine had a place in Sacramento, that Chinese guy that we hauled asparagus and stuff out of. And we were good friends of families. He'd let us come in and wash our trucks going south. Not like on Saturday night, we'd pull in there and clean our trucks up and stuff. And you'd jump out of the truck and the cockroaches would be about four deep on the ground. Jump out with your rubber boots on. It was a crunch. Really? Really, seriously. Damn. Seriously. But as soon as you started running the water, they'd disappear. They'd take off and go somewhere. It's amazing how fast they disappear. Oh, boy. And they they weren't cockroaches. They were good-sized ones. I mean, if Bill Gates has his way, that's the meat we're going to be eating soon. I I believe that, yeah. (laughs) It's either lab-grown bullshit or cockroaches. (laughs) Sounds like there's enough of them. Yeah. So, so how, how long is he going to be around anyway, Bill Gates? Around as like alive? <laughs> yeah, around as like alive. <laughs> if there's a way to live forever, it will be people like that that do it. You know, some kind of technology. Right. Or at least draw out their life as long as possible. Yeah. But, I mean, I've seen him lately. I don't know if it's the divorce that's been hard on him, but he does not look very healthy. Mm. He's, he's, he's got man boobs, and wow. we're supposed to listen to him about health. So let's see if I can find... I'll just put man boobs in here. <laughs> oh wow so this is a re- like people are making fake pictures right oh look fake real but th- this is the one that I saw recently okay I mean yeah he's not like obese by any means but he's kind of letting himself go looks like his belly's not going to hold up his pants anymore huh? yeah he's going to have to start wearing suspenders <laughs> Yeah, I figured that was the easiest way to go. I couldn't keep my pants on anymore. Yeah, the trucks are a lot different these days than they used to be. The suspensions and everything in them are so much different than they are now. I mean, they got automatic transmissions in them. And I mean, some of the trucks I drove had two sticks in them instead of just one, you know, and totally different. But I mean, it's like, and would you say that stuff lasted longer than the stuff that they, they're making yeah, today? it's too early yet to tell, really, probably. What have you heard about uh, shortages as far as, like, parts? Like, I've heard, like, drive lines and stuff. Oh, yeah, parts and... are coming up short. And that's why a lot of these trucks are having to park, too, because they can't find parts for them. And you know, it's just like it's like a, a sword being jabbed into you daily. How far it can go in before nothing works anymore. You know, you start taking away your monthly paycheck because you can't find parts for your rig how long are you going to last doing that it'll be interesting to see where we are about a year from now yeah another winter a year from now and then another five years from now well i'll look at a year from now first <laughs> yeah. and then i'll decide if there's going to be a five years well from that's now. funny that like we're talking tonight about you know i was talking about my kids and stuff and i if Jeremiah was in that family, I'd like to see him get going on it so he could be able to communicate with him when he's in this era that's going on. You know, instead of, like I said, dropping dropping him out into a big old ocean of who knows what's going to happen next for you, you know? Yeah, it's always been a weird world, and it's only getting weirder. Yeah, I mean, they make it, they make it so... You, it's unjustified for sure, you know. I mean, it doesn't really seem like it's right the way to make it go, you know. 
Yeah, and I, I look at kids these days with all the technology and stuff, and I if I mean I'm in my upper thirties. I haven't ruled out having kids. I used to think I never would, but right. for me, I just know that I would raise some weird fucking kids. They wouldn't know what a cell phone is until they're old enough to drive. Right. I would not like having a kid with the internet in the palm of their hand just seems like a horrible idea and now they're all wearing these headsets and stuff they don't ever want to go outside and play with each other in real life they just go right home after school and then meet in the online world well this started quite a while ago too because i remember i remember i bought jeremiah cell phone when he was like eight years old he's talked about that on the podcast before yeah just because of like having not knowing which parent he was going to be he kind of had to have a way to get it he ever show you that podcast that one is that he made that one did, did, has he ever showed you that one that he made when he was a kid? He was, no, no. You got to nail him on. He's that. never even told me about okay. it. You got. I wish I could. If I could find it, I'd give it to you right now. We could play it. But it's a podcast. It's a podcast. He did one. He did one when he was a young kid. That son of a bitch told me this is his first podcast. <laughs> no, no, he's lying. <laughs> he's hiding it. Uh, I'll, I'll find out. I'll get it to you. <clears throat> I, that I would love to have my I would, hands on I, that. I told him. I said that would be a perfect thing for you guys to start off on on your podcast the perfect thing he's yeah. a little shy on that stuff but it i'll get it to you if he doesn't get it to you how old did you say he was like eight, oh uh, shit he was young man maybe eight or nine years old maybe even if that he was singing a song and it was vibing right along with the things and it was it was so fucking it was awesome unbelievable I've, I've definitely got some embarrassing shit from my childhood that i would gladly show him if he ever shows me that ah that shit don't bother me anymore you know no. it used to bother me anymore but i mean i got pictures off to show you someday of some pictures of him you talked about bone and you know and elbows and knees you talked about you know when he was growing up he was a track star he liked to run track you know most of them guys were pretty thin and lanky and yeah sharp elbows and bony knees you know so like uh more like cross country running long distance cross country did the track you know the the he was in track in high school and he did a couple mud runs when he was younger and things like that you know and he always liked the ymca for that's where he got it all started at you know but this this one i don't if you, you make sure that if you don't get it from him you let me know and I'll oh i will i'm never i'm not gonna forget this now he's now he's into cycling, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always told him to tell you about that so you guys could put it on there, but he never would do it. Well, he'll be stoked to know that I know about it. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe that's why he didn't want me to come over to the house for a while with you. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> not even tell him about this conversation, and he can watch the podcast and see there you what go. we talk okay. about. Okay, that's cool. That work. <laughs> Who knows when he'll watch it? He will at some point. Uh, so you and Jeremiah have the exact same laugh. We do. Huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, my sister, when she watched a few of the earlier episodes, I got a text from her, and she goes, Jeremiah's just got, like, this cutest little squeaky laugh. <laughs> I got it. You got it from me, I yeah, guess. It sounds like, yeah. So anyway, here's another trippy little deal. When I was, uh, I was going east out of L.A. one morning. It was Monday morning, probably about 10 o'clock, I'd loaded unloaded into market, picked up my bananas. I was heading out to, I don't know, some out place out in the desert to pick up some grapefruit or something. And, and the traffic was just balls to balls. I mean, it was eight lanes of nobody moving anywhere, you know. And I was in the far right lane, and there was a propane truck, like a suburban pro- propane truck, a small tanker one, you know, in front of me. 
and within a split second, I this guy, I seen this guy up on the freeway when we were coming up. We were standing off the side of the road. You know, you can see from back ways back like that. And this guy jumped right in front of that propane truck, committed suicide. He was doing, you know, and and the propane truck went over it, and I went over the top of it too. I didn't hit it or nothing, but I never did stop because I figured I wasn't involved in that thing. But that was one thing that haunted me for a long time. What a fucking dick. I mean, yeah. a propane explosion could kill so many people on a crowded highway. Like, oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Why couldn't you just jump off a cliff or something? Yeah, I know. I don't know. That's something that, uh, uh, that's some, one of the stories that, that was probably one of the worst accidents I've ever seen in my life when I was trucking. Wow. I've seen a lot of different kind of things, you know, going on, and but I, you know, I never really got. But that that one pretty much just took care of the, put the icing on the cake for me. I bet you, time came to a stop for you in that. Well, moment. I had to stop for a little bit and kind of shake it down a little bit, you know. But I mean, looked I looked around, make sure there's no parts hanging off my truck, you know, and it was just a freak freak deal. That, you know, you never know. I mean, the people. I mean, this is. This was back in the 80s now, you know, look at what we're going through in the 22s. Yeah, we were just talking a little earlier about, I guess, some shooting over in Buffalo. Just wow. People snapping. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's been going on for many years, just at different levels. Yeah, and you got to figure after COVID, anybody who was kind of on the edge and then going through something like that, right. just... Yeah, that's when I never did get any of that COVID stuff. I'm glad I never did get any of that stuff. You know, I was thinking about that. You know, we've been talking about that with the generation with the parents and stuff. That are my parents, I'm glad they never had to get involved in that kind of stuff. You know, it seemed like it put a hurt on them older people in a hurry, probably. Yeah, and you know, as as far as the disease goes, yeah, and then on top of that, having the government step in and saying you can't see your loved ones right now, right. your dying relatives, yeah, so they got to die alone. Yeah. And, and, uh, so that so you never did any trucking ever in your life, huh? Never were in a semi or not a semi, but I did drive a a little reef, reefer truck. Okay. For dairy, I would do so. This is kind of a weird business that some dude just decided to do, okay. and I've never talked about this in the podcast. So it was my first job <laughs> out of high school, and it was a, a year I took off before going to college, and I knew the guy who bought into this business and what they did was you know what colostrum is uh that sounds so familiar. colostrum is the first milk that comes out after a cow gives birth okay. and it's like rich okay. and bloody okay. and okay. just full of vitamins and minerals okay and so <clears throat> we would pick that shit up and it was in huge jugs i mean I, just for me to hoist them into the truck took every ounce of strength i had Sometimes the lid would pop up and I'd just get that shit all over me, the bloody pussy milk. So we would take it, I would take it back to a little facility and they would pasteurize it and then add more stuff to it that's supposed to be good for calves. And then we would bottle it up, put nipples on it, and then I would take it back. So every day I was dropping off the stuff that we had processed. Okay. So in that truck, I, I just had, you know, a regular driver's license. I didn't have to get okay. it. It was small okay. enough. Okay. So whatever where where the was GD. that at? So that was in southern Idaho. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that was my one so trucking feed, job. So feeding them uh, baby goats that milk, I know. Uh, or baby cows. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's wow. funny too because one time the guy fucked up the batch and it killed a bunch of them. Oh wow! And it's like we, I, we, we almost went under over that. I, as far as I know, they're still going. Wow! So quite a quite an interesting business. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> and you know, I was just fucking always stoned. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'd go back, and the guys I work, I got all my friends' jobs there. Okay. And then the one dude was the brother of one of the guys that invested into it. And every once in a while, he would bring coke in. I would just fucking do a fucking couple lines and get back in the truck and go. And like I was 19, <laughs> I never thought like <laughs> I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> no. The candy was out there. Just take a piece of candy. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean it was. He was technically my boss. Wow. So I was like, I'm not gonna get fired for this. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a that's a, an avenue we'll go down another day with me. Oh, we don't gotta talk about yeah. it with you. I'm yeah. pretty open yeah. with my drug use just because oh, yeah. I live in Oregon. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, drug use in Oregon is pretty much legal now. Oh yeah. Possession of cocaine is legal now. Right. They can take it from you if they want to, right. but they can't charge you for it unless you have like enough that they know you're selling it. Right. Okay. So as long as I meet my dealer. <laughs> And get away from that transaction unscathed, right. I'm fine. Right. So they pretty much cut all that stuff off, huh? I mean, exactly. hey, and I don't know the exact wordage of the bill, but I do know that most drugs, and especially psychedelics, psychedelics are completely fine in Oregon now. Right. Yeah, and you know, people are microdosing these days, and right. it's kind of like the tech industry is big into us. So, right. yeah, we've definitely seen a shift in the way we look at drug use. Well, we ate a lot of those mushrooms back in the days in the 70s and stuff, too, and probably didn't even really know what... They were really, I mean... They were pretty brand new in the 70s to our culture, for they, sure. They were pretty good stuff. I, I think late 50s, Gordon Wasson and his wife went down to Mexico, ate a bunch of mushrooms with shamans, and then okay. Time Life printed an article about it. I can't and, remember seeing that article, yeah. Yeah, and it started, like, shamanistic tourism, basically. Wow. We talked a little bit about this in our LSD episode, but I won't Yeah, and the stuff we were much. getting back in the days, who knows where it was coming from or how potent it was or whatnot it was. You know, there was really no regulation on it then. It was just kind of like whatever it was. You just eat it until you <laughs> eat it till you puke or eat it till you're happy. <laughs> or both. I, I, I always found out when you eat those mushrooms, if you never were going to get off unless you threw up. I found that to be the case. The best mushroom trips I've ever had are after I puke. Almost like it opens up all the blood cells and gets that shit flying through. Something like that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people call it the purge. The like, purge. <laughs> I got a purge. I'm not going to have a good trip until I purge. Yeah, mushrooms are funny because you can just grow them in a fucking shoebox under your bed. Right. Yeah. Do they they sell them in these hemp shops? These pot shops? No, so it's not legal there, but um, there it is actually in Oregon. There's groundbreaking stuff going on in psychedelic psychotherapy. So you can legally eat drugs if your therapist is oh, wow. with you while you do it. I guess. Wow. And I mean, a lot of therapists in Portland. So your even therapist couple... going to hang out with you for the night? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that they just give you a small amount that's <laughs> going to be really active in the hour or two that you're there. Yeah, I, so, I can't hardly trust that though. I I would much rather eat mushrooms alone. <laughs> yeah. If I have to have a therapist watch me trip, I'm not gonna have a good time. Yeah. But apparently, it's like small, small amounts to where okay. it just helps you open up more. Okay. But you know, MDMA. Shit, I never had that problem opening up before when I didn't eat mushrooms or anything like that. I I mean, these people back in the '70s were really good about getting into your mind and opening up. Can you imagine that the, the the training they've got now in the college and stuff they got in that now, you think they could pick your brain without having to put you on drugs to pick it? 
Well, it's certainly a shortcut. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it just seems like that a. What if you went in and said, "No, I don't want to do that. I want you to just see what's going on." Well, yeah, you I have that choice of doing that. You know, I mean, I if I went to a shrink or whatever, I want I want the shrink to use their brain, not somebody else's psychedelics to use to figure out why I'm what I am, and then I'm not on psychedelics all the time. So how do you know that's what is really going on with something that? isn't going on well you're never going to get like a real r- accurate representation of, of who someone is while they're on psychedelics right right and yeah. so alcohol and drugs and all that stuff. yeah i was going to say if i was going to go to a therapist i might as well just get plastered first because yeah, i'm not going to shut the fuck up save, save the money don't even go yeah there you go <laughs> just go get drunk and talk to a bartender yeah some I've of the bartenders i know are really yeah, good therapists i've been working on this thing with mine for almost probably almost 15 years now Working on what? Trying to get this issue of mine figured out. You know, I don't even know what is even going on, but it's been going on for a long time. I found out from talking to old friends and stuff that I've been in this this way for quite a while, and they just thought it was me. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? About your... Sure, I mean, if I can. Yeah, I'll, please I'll, do, because I, I, our audience doesn't know about it. So. Okay. If I, if I can try, you know, I don't really understand really what it is coming from or whatnot. I mean, I could be sitting here right now talking to you. It's pretty good one-on-one most of the time, you know, but if somebody, like I said, if somebody else come in the room, I would go into this blank state of mind and you would lose me for the rest of the day. But it might be only for 30 minutes. It might be for 24 hours. It's just like it's, there's something in there that triggers something that makes something not cooperate. I don't know what, and I don't can't quite figure out what some like misfirings in your yeah, brain yeah well that's kind of what one doctor said it when he checked all that stuff out he says there was, i was missing a little spot in there but then the last ones that went in there they couldn't find that so it's intermittent and so when when you're in one of these episodes do you have memories of it uh you pretty much lose all perception of what happened okay so you'll just come out of it and know that you had had an episode but yeah. no memory of it. You know, I, well, I'll sit here, if I'm with Jeremiah, he'd be sitting in the room and somebody asked me that question, I'd say, well, you're going to have to ask him because I really don't know what I did. I, I know we've got into it a little bit of uh, anger with each other, a little bit over some things once in a while because I, I get a, I don't know what, like, it's hard to explain. I'll think about it here for a little bit. Oh, that's all right. I mean, yeah, I, I think you did bit. a pretty good job of the yeah. overview of it. Because I, <laughs> I had met you, what was it, like a couple months ago maybe? Or yeah, was that between ago? Thanksgiving and Christmas, was it? Yeah, it was when we recorded our episode on the Spars pandemic shit. And I think right. that was around maybe January. Okay, okay. Yeah. So okay. you'd been back here in the area for a couple months. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't say a whole lot back in them days, but... I did kind of listen in with you guys and play the game a little bit with you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good having you there. You, uh... Yeah. Well, it's just fun energy. It's interesting just to see. I mean, I, like, I'm sure the first time you do this is a little bit different than it gets a little bit better and better as you go, you know? I mean, I admire watching you and Jeremiah on here. It's just amazing. I mean, you guys just got it down. I mean, you know, that's a great to hear because uh, it was really kind of weird to start doing it. I'm at- yeah. And to actually, and for watching yourself later on right. after you have to come back and get the episodes already, 
You just tear yourself apart. I could see you interviewing with Joe Rogan. <laughs> Seriously. You well, know, you guys would get along great. Well, maybe. George, Joe Rogan and I have the same birthday, so you're August 10th, I'm okay. August 11th, so you, Joe Rogan, and myself, we're all the same astrological Serious, you should put in a bug and see if you can get on Oh, you that. know, Joe Rogan's so big right now that... Yeah, I know, but, you know, I'm sure he picks out people once in a while just to pick them out. He's got to do that because that's part of his lifestyle. Well, that's what's got him to where he is, yeah. and apparently he's going to keep doing it. Yeah. I've got my <laughs> eyes on other people a little smaller than him, Okay. but, hey, I would never turn it down. Yeah. And I the have guy's, the guy's so fun to listen to, and I mean, I love to listen to you just like I like to listen. So, to do you you listen to Joe Rogan then? Oh yeah, okay. Jeremiah got me hooked on that. Oh, a nice. long time ago, he got me. I'd never even heard a podcast before until oh. he, got, he got me onto that Joe Rogan. That's thing. about my story with podcasts too. Okay. Jeremiah showed okay. me podcasts, and the guy's always, you know, ninety nine percent of his stuff is always good to listen to. And then he moved to Austin when you were still there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, never, I heard about him down there. By I was gonna say, have you? Did you ever run into him? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. I mean, that's, so when did this podcasting really start? Well, the the short version of the story is that Jeremiah and I, <laughs> I, I did mention a few minutes ago, we kind of just uh, fell out of contact as people do. Right. And the pandemic started in mid-march of 2020 and we had some people just freak out and quit at work i didn't even know jeremiah was like in the area and i was like what the fuck am i gonna do i need to find somebody to cut soap because i don't want to have to do all of it and my boss and i we were just doing all the work and jeremiah randomly texts me hey did you watch so-and-so on joe rogan (laughs) and i said uh, I've watched about half of that, but I have a more important question for you. Do you have a job right now? <laughs> and so we started working together in March of 2020, and we just, just watched the craziness, and we would have conversations, and then a few days later, we'd hear people having the same conversation on a podcast. Oh, wow. And Jeremiah's a competitive kind of guy, and he's yeah. like, you know what? <laughs> we could do this better. <laughs> and he had big fucking goals, and I never would have started a podcast without somebody else making it happen. Wow. And so That's cool. it's all Jeremiah, and yeah. then he he wound me up and got me going. Right. And like well, now it's my life. Like, so, so who's who's the teacher? <laughs> I think both of us. Yeah, you, I, guys, you guys hit it off good together. Yeah, see, that's the thing is we I in my opinion we have a give and take. Right. It's pretty goddamn level and equal. Right. And I, there's not a lot of people who could do that. Right, right. So. It takes a special breeze to be able to do something like that together. Yeah. So that's basically how it started, was if there was no COVID, there would be no Jeremiah and Colby reuniting okay. and starting a podcast. So so these, these uh, podcasts that are going on about now, then, and then wonder what the next era is going to be, of, if it's going to be different than COVID. What's going to bring people together i hope something does because everything seems to be driving people apart right now. <laughs> yeah i know uh, that's a pretty big uh big plate to open up you know i mean it's like wow you just wonder how far that ocean can keep turning before it goes down below you know uh, we'll find out yeah yeah but there's so many things for people to do out there there's so many things for people to do out there if they just want to do it especially with the amount of connectivity that we have through the internet and right if you have an idea and you spend a little bit of time making that idea a reality right and all it takes is time effort and some dedication right 
and fucking up a lot. Right. Sometimes you got to fuck up three times before you finally find that thing that works for you. Yeah. I got a little project I'm going to start working on. I'm not going to talk about it today, but I'm going to, I'll write it down today and I'll, I'll feed it to you one-on-one sometime and then we'll see how it comes out. Awesome. Stoked to hear it. Yeah. I just, I need, I like to do things and, and make you feel good about what you do. You know, if you can help somebody out or make somebody happier or, you know, take care of them right. And, uh, there's a lot of that that doesn't go on in the world. And I think it can go on in a, a little easier way than it goes on right now. Yeah. I think that a lot of people tend to focus on the bad shit Right. Because there's a lot of that. And so if you want to focus on bad shit, you're going to never run out of shit right. to focus on. See, that's why I turned off the TV. But now I'm I'm just about ready to turn off the social media stuff. And then I think that kind of bogs you down sometimes after a while. Because it's never, it's never anything good. Are you talking uh, like one in particular, like Facebook? Or... Like Facebook, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do all my communication, a lot of it on Messenger and stuff, you know, so I'll have to find me some other way to deal with that, you know, just for being in contact with people. Because <clears throat> I don't like to talk on the phone a lot. I'd rather texting and, you know, voicemail and stuff like that so you can actually read it. It makes more sense to me when if somebody starts talking to me on the phone and says a whole bunch of shit and it's like, okay, that just went in this ear and out the other ear. I don't even know what you're even talking about. Or you get to the point where you can't even really hear it when you get in these modes like that I'm talking about. I do, I do remember Jeremiah mentioning that as a little kid, he <clears> noticed <throat> it first whenever you were on the phone. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Something about the phone then. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm very much like that. Yeah, I'd always <laughs> say, okay. Okay. <laughs> Just over and over. Okay, okay. Everything was okay. Are you listening to me, Dad? <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Dad, can but, I go to the movies? Okay. <laughs> Whatever works. Okay. Stay out of trouble. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that's something I never really ever realized so much. But I, you know, the more you think about it, it kind of works that way. But people just thought that's the way it was. It was okay. <laughs> you know, just sound like, like a good thing to be okay. There's worse things you could have been saying. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I drove rode motorcycles and I rode drove boats and cars and shit all kinds of stuff never ever had any trouble at all until the last the last year when I really started getting in trouble when I was driving and everything just kind of nighttime threw me off big time as soon as the sun goes down the, the whole thing would turn around I didn't know if I was going left or right or up or down or in or out but I knew I could start my car and I was going somewhere. So it's 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 probably a good thing that your your motor skills and your body are intact. Right. Even though your mental capacities were a little right. off. But that's good that you never, like, you stopped driving voluntarily before anything bad happened. Right. Right. So. right. It kind of hurt for a little bit to turn that in, you know, just because I've always had that, you know. But now it's I'm kind of getting used to it. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And you know what? I wouldn't almost like it if I had to stop driving right now. <laughs> I mean, save a lot of money. Oh, yeah. It's pretty crazy out there. Well, I mean, insurance and all that stuff. and Insurance, $5 a gallon gasoline. Shit, I might just have to start riding a bike anyway. Right. Well, then about the time you 
first think you're starting to get ahead, then you got to buy tires and things of fucking never. There goes my savings. Never-ending up and down yo-yo thing that we go through. Yep. You got anything else on that notebook? Oh, I've got lots on here. Oh, in 1974, this is a good trip that I went back with my dad. We went back to the Kenworth factory around Chicago somewhere. Look it up for me. Kenworth Theater in 1974. Where was the Kenworth Theater in 1974? Chillicothe, Ohio? Ohio. Does that say that in 19... 1974 what? to present? Okay. Is that by Cleveland? Yeah, pretty close to Cleveland, yeah. Okay. Anyway, we dad bought that truck new. <clears throat> I was a junior in high school. He's got you on to go. Oh, so your dad's a trucker too then, or was a trucker? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, he, they started that trucking company. Mom and dad started that produce business in 1964. Uh, but uh, anyway, we went, uh, we had older rigs i got pictures i'll show you on the next one we got so you would have been like 16 17 at this time somewhere in there? Uh, 17, 17. Six, uh, seven, uh ninth grade okay ninth grade and uh no 74 i'd be uh 11th grade okay 11th grade and he goes you want to go for a ride with me i said sure so he says well i got your bag packed let's go we're going to go get an airplane and ride and we're going to go for a, a little trip i said sure okay that sounds like fun so we went back to that Kenworth factory. He goes, I'm going to show you something. He never told me he got this truck or anything. It's new truck. And he goes, I got an invitation to go through the Kenworth factory. I thought you might like to do that. You know, go see how these trucks are made. Because I always was fascinated by them, you know. And so we went through this, got in there, big crew took us through this factory, showed us how they're all made and everything, got down to the end of the line. And, and there's one big, pretty one that had her name on the side of it. I said, did you win that? No, <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I bought that one. We're, we're coming out. We're going to take it home. So we're going to piggyback. We bought three more. Bought it from a place in Medford, Oregon. But you can go back and save a lot of money on the delivery fee. And you get a tour of the factory if you want to go pick it up. So, okay. It's a little field trip. Oh, yeah. So we went through. It had a, this truck had a eight V12 uh, motor in it. V12. V12. Big old horsepower unit. But they had the governor on the thing, so they didn't want you to overdo it until it got broken, you know. But we figured out that uh, there's a throttle pull down beside the driver's seat that was locked. That's how they were controlling it. So, so you ungoverned the governor? We ungoverned the governor. <laughs> he, we'd get to the hill. Dad said, lean over this doghouse and pull that thing up for me. So I'd lean over there and yank that thing up while we are going up the hills. And, okay, you can let her down now. But that was a pretty pretty interesting trip. He taught me how to monkey rig a truck when it wasn't supposed to be monkey rigged, you know. But it was cool. 1974, nice new truck. And we took about five days, came home, and had a good scenic route. And, little uh, father-son journey. Yeah, father-son journey. That was the only truck that I believe that he bought. Uh, the only one we picked up from the factory. Yeah. But he had a lot of old trucks. I got some good old pictures of some old trucks we had. I'll pull some of that stuff together for next time. Can you put pictures up here on stuff when you're doing stuff? Yep. Okay. Yeah, if you would like email me a bunch of pictures, I'd have them just ready to pull okay. up. Okay, I'll do that. All right. I got your phone number. I'll get your email address. Sounds good. <laughs> you can always text it to me later. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. 
So you that was when you were a junior in high school. How old were you when you started driving truck? Well, I I, I passed that up a little bit ago, but when I was a uh, like a uh, you know where Bymart is right now in, in Ashland, uh-huh. shopping cart wasn't there years ago. Okay. Before shopping cart was there, that's where Dad taught me how to drive truck. Oh, just it was just a big lot. Big lot. He'd take me up there on Saturday and he'd give me the keys and say he'd drop me off for a couple hours and say here I'll pick you up after a while. You just, I want you just to back up and drive around and see if you can back this trailer back and forth and up and down straight. We put some cones out, you know, and, and I could already even reach the pedals in the truck. And that's how pretty much how I learned how to drive truck. Learn by doing. Yeah, yeah. And then he took me over the Green Springs on my maiden voyage when I finally got balls enough to take it for a ride. And for people who don't know, this is the old way. Like that was the way truckers had to go back in the day, and it is. What would you say? Just corner after corner, just yeah. steep son of a bitch. Logging trucks. There's at least one a year that I know that just tip oh, yeah. over and block the whole thing. Yeah, we can't. Even, you can't even take a truck on that road anymore. That's not, not even legal up there anymore. Okay. But we we managed to get it across there quite a few times. Dad always taught me. He says that the faster you go around those corners. Your, your trader will stand up straight more. So if, if you go slow in them corners, it leans over and it'll drag into the other lane. So go fast and it'll kind of just slide around the corner like that. So was, kind of counterintuitive at first? Yeah, counterintuitive. He says, you'll wear out a lot of tires. He says, we don't worry about it. We've got lots of tires. <laughs> Back was, before they were $600 yeah, a pop. Right, yeah. But that was fun driving that. Green Springs was a fun road to drive on. Were you were your fucking testicles up in your stomach the first oh, time? Oh, a couple times, yeah. You know, I mean, you're sitting up in those high trucks and looking down over those canyons. It's pretty crazy. It's crazy in a car. I can't yeah. imagine in a truck. Yeah. That's when you stop at Kino and get a six-pack of Mickey Big Mouse on the way home. Ooh, Mickey's. <laughs> you could chew on that shit. <laughs> Kino, I remember stopping there many, many, many times coming home from Climate Falls. And yeah. Get a six pack of Mickey's and stop in the wayside and have a couple of beers. Those things are pretty. That's good. it's it's like malt liquor, isn't oh, it? It's pretty stuff. Oh, <laughs> I just I can taste it right now thinking about it. You ever have one of those? Oh, because uh, <clears> yeah. it used to be that you would either get <clears throat> fucked up on ninety nine cents, you would see a big forty of old English, right, or a big forty of Mickey's, or and boon, it was, I would boon, go back and forth or between. For them. See, I never drank that shit because yeah. <laughs> I did one time and I got really sick on it. Yeah, you learned it to hurry. But one old E40 or one Mickey's 40, that was enough, especially if you're smoking a little pot, too. Yeah, that was... <laughs> and they were probably way cheaper back then. Like oh, a six-pack yeah. was shit, probably 99 cents. Beer was cheap back in them days, man. We were buying but- kegs of Budweiser for 12 bucks a keg. $12 a keg. Now you can get a 24-pack for that if they're on sale. If, if you're, you're lucky. lucky. If you're lucky, yeah. I think those kegs of Bud now are $120 a keg. So ten, so mi- ten, micros are like 180 bucks a keg now. That wouldn't surprise me at all. No. That's crazy. So you also did a little bit of work. I don't know if you can talk about that in the beer industry. Oh, yeah. That Caldera Brewery, I helped him get that business going. That was a really fun, interesting time in my life. That was before... Uh, that had to have been like... Jeremiah was born in 94. I think that started in 1990. Because I got pictures of him going into the warehouse. We had a little honey thing on the side where we raised bees and did some spinning of honey and stuff, you know. And Jeremiah was four years old. I mean, we had an apron on. Bald head. We'd give him a picture. 
<laughs> an empty pitcher, and he'd go in the brewery after hours, get a stool and stand up on a stool and fill us up a pitcher full of beer. Uh, I got that picture somewhere. I'll, I'll email that one to you too. Nice. That's talking about that's talking about brewery days. But anyway, but that was part of the part of the perks of uh, working at the brewery. You got all the beer you wanted to drink for sure. I I'd stay away from that. <laughs> I had never uh, drank a malt or a, a homebrew beer ever before before he came along. Yeah, I mean for the for 1990. Yeah, that's kind of early that he got into that. Right, he did good. Yeah. He had a little homebrew system, you know, set up, and he'd bottle it up in those little bottles, no labels, put the, you know, the brand on the top of it, and he'd bring me, like, a six-pack of them and say, here, try these and see what you think, and I'll come back next week and see what you think about it. He'd come back next week, and I'd never touch them. He goes, well, let me give you some fresh ones. Give me some fresh ones, and me and my dad sat down and drank a couple of them one day, and we talked about it and said, hey, well, let's give this thing a try. So we got, they remodeled that whole place, and... I helped him rebuild it, remodel it, and then I started doing sales for him and delivery and worked in the brewery, and then he just got way bigger than he could be there. And salespeople, you know, I was doing sales for him, but he went to bigger salespeople, you know, bigger salespeople. Yeah, and he's all over the world now with his product. Yeah, and wasn't he one of the original founders of Rogue? Rogue Brewing? Yeah, well, he worked for, uh, yeah, when they were downtown on the, on the plaza. So for our listeners, if you haven't heard of Caldera, that wouldn't be surprising. But if you like <laughs> microbrews, Rogue is one of the most renowned ones on the West Coast, for sure. And they moved over to Newport, and then this guy took over that spot, same spot, right? right? right. And did Caldera. Yep. Down on the plaza there. And then there's the Australian guy who did uh, Walkabout. Walkabout. See, yeah. I, I'm family friends with his brother. Oh, cool. So Ross. Ross yeah. Litton, yeah. Yeah, I know John Litton. Oh, John, and, okay. Good. You cool know John? People. Oh, yeah, cool. People, okay, yeah. John married one of my hometown friends. Oh, wow. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. So, so it's a small world. Yeah. <laughs> All the way from Australia. I used to stop and see uh, Ross when he had that one going on in his garage over there. Yeah. Yeah, when he did that one, yeah. I was working for Jim, and I'd stop by there on the way out of town. He said, come on, give me some beer. So I'd have some walkabout for when I got home for after work that day, you know, and them guys were, I was quite a little operation there, yeah. We could get back back on the trucking okay. path. Okay. Little, it's always fun to diverge and talk about beer. Right. So anyway, we made it home from that. <clears throat> and then, uh, I don't know if everybody really knows that everybody had CB radios back in them days. I was you know, hoping was, you would get into that. I don't think there's much CB radio out there anymore. I mean, there, I think there is some, but there, not, is it necessary not, anymore? Not, not really, not like it is. You know, everybody's got cell phones and stuff anymore. But those were uh, everybody had their own handle. You know, like a your name for your handle for your radio. You know, and I think mine was a artichoke. 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 We just ate artichoke. We just ate artichokes. Yeah. When you're sitting at the loading docks. The, the places inside the offices would have a you put it on channel three for your load and they'd call you when back in what door to back in whatnot you know and it was pretty pretty important part of your lifestyle back in them days so are you a huge fan of the Smokey and the bandit movies what's that Smokey and the bandit did you watch those oh yeah oh yeah all the time yeah that's how i know about all these oh, trucker yeah. handles and oh, yeah. stuff good old good old shows yeah good old truck shows yeah but th- those new those new equipment and them trucks is all a total different ball game. Total different. I mean, it's pretty much they pretty much drive themselves for you without 
even if somebody in them they're so simple to drive anymore i'm terrified at some of the people driving trucks anymore oh, yeah, that's like, what i mean I, i'll go 80 even if there's a cop behind me just to get around a truck and if he wants to pull me over i'm gonna say hey i'd rather speed than die next mm-hmm. to that fucking truck <laughs> but yeah it's pretty i think they get their driver's license out of a cracker jack box that's <laughs> <laughs> what we always would say where'd that guy which Cracker Jack box did that guy get his license out of? A lot of people can't even back up their trucks, you know? Yeah. When we were loading them trucks, man, I'll tell you what, them uh, dock spaces were really narrow. Not a lot of room for air. Yeah, when we went, we're loading them banana, bananas down there, you know, we had a, our little hooks that held our doors, if you didn't have them short enough where the door would flop a little bit like that, it'd catch the other guy's mirror. Oh, That's fuck. how tight they were. We'd cut those hooks off and make them so they'd be really tight, you know? You pretty much had to be straight to get in and out of there. You learned how to become a good truck driver in a hurry or you didn't last down there very long. Pretty fancy trucks coming in and out of there. You didn't want to mess any of them up. A lot of them big companies that we were running with in them days were gone, you know? A lot of them were family-operated ones and some of the beautiful trucks you ever seen in the... I mean, these guys really, really took care of them. I think they it was in their blood so deep that it probably hurt them, you know, in the end. Yeah. And that's the way, that would be me. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen any of my trucks. No. Okay. I'll, 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 we'll get them. I'll get you some pictures of them. We'll start with them and see. All right. I'll, I'm going to remember to text you my email address because my phone, my fucking phone is horrible for pictures and stuff. For pictures and stuff, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's, pictures aren't really supposed to be on a phone. They're supposed to be on something where you can... Yeah. A TV screen like this, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's a funny story. So, uh, I almost want to, like, turn the camera, but I actually have a... I took a picture of it I could put in there, but... So I showed up today, and the adapter that Jeremiah left to hook into a regular computer monitor wasn't working, so we kind of did some uh, makeshift searching and found this old TV that's... How many inches is that motherfucker? I think? <laughs> it's pretty good size. But we made it work. <clears throat> A lot better. Yeah. You could be watching a, a movie as we're doing this. Oh, for sure. It's you big know. enough. I could sit all the way over there. You know? Well, you, that TV used to sit over there when we first got here. Okay. But it kind of, when they decided that we're going to move up here and this is kind of going to be our side of the house, you know, and whatnot. And it's a really nice setup you guys it's got. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool here. I, I mean, I... I'm comfortable, very comfortable over there. Yeah, Andy gets to wake up, and sometimes the first thing he sees when he opens his eyes is a bunch of elk just across the way. <laughs> Bald eagles. And... You know, the other day I was out in the, in the garden area, and I looked up, and there was a bald eagle about 10 feet above my head, just flying around, just kind of floating around out there in the sky. And then the, somebody let the big dog out, and the dog seen it and went and chased it away. <laughs> It was so cool looking, you know. I was like, it, that's stuff you don't see every day in life. I wonder if he was trying to take your hat. Yeah, probably looking for a uh, squirrel yeah. or something. A lot of squirrels out now. Yeah, there's a... This is open range for ground squirrels if you like to go shoot. Well, squirrels. what I would do is bring my, my dog, Dexter. <clears throat> okay. He's a gray squirrel hunting motherfucker. Okay. And, I mean, he's the sweetest dog ever, but you put him around uh, gray squirrels and he turns into a fucking beast. Wow. Well, Just slaughters them. Wow. Well, 
with a smile on his face. The digger squirrels, whatever, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> you know those ones that get into the ground? Oh, yeah. There's yeah. A, they got a He'll dig and find a den of babies and just murder them. Wow. It's like, <laughs> dude, you're so nice. What's going on? Well, that dog got here, that black dog. Did you see that black dog? The one that was fucking with the sprinkler? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he, he goes out there and does the same thing. He sticks his nog and clear down in a freaking hole. You know? <laughs> Give him a bath, and he goes out there and finds a mud hole, you know? That's his, That's the uh, signal. Bath time, better go rolling some mud. Yeah, Jeremiah was never really into the... It was... I was out of the trucking days, pretty much, when he was born. He was a little guy. I got a lot of pictures of him with, sitting in the truck, so when we were out working on him, playing with him. Coconut, that was my brother's name. Coconut. Coconut. Coconut one nine. Yeah. And it was his health was getting kind of goofy for a while too. I went down there and uh, I got a well, I got a dad asked me one morning goes I got a phone call last night. He goes, You wanna go down to LA and drive your brother home? I, I was like I think I was uh nineteen or maybe just, just about ready to turn 20 a year before I get my license. I said, sure, why not? So he flew me to L.A. the next morning. I mean, this, you know, when you could fly kids on planes, it didn't really make much difference. Fucking people wouldn't fuck with you or nothing, you know. So got into L.A. the next morning. A taxi picked me up and took me to where Gary was at. And he'd been partying pretty hard, so he couldn't function anymore. And had his girlfriend with him that I didn't even know. He was had a girlfriend. <laughs> he was married. Oh, <laughs> but so this wasn't the wife. This wasn't no. This wasn't the wife. You know, so I, so I go okay, whatever. So, but so I got uh, we got the truck, picked it up, and uh, headed down the grapevine, and uh, had about a half a load on. I didn't really know the ropes, what was going on down there, so it wasn't very heavy. So I got out in the third lane, and I'm cruising down the grapevine about 65 miles an hour. You know, I mean almost empty, you know, and shit. Next time I looked up, there's cop car lights all over me. You know, what so. was the speed limit? 55? Well, trucks were not even supposed to be in the third lane. Oh, shit. So you're speeding and in the wrong lane. Speeding and in the wrong lane. And, and Gary's pretty well out of it in the back, and I said, you know, we got a little problem here. <laughs> I said, I'm going to pull over, and you're going to get up out of that fucking bed, and you're gonna we're going to swap seats. Did you not have the proper driver's license? Oh, no, I wasn't even old enough to have a chauffeur's license yet. At all? Not at all. No. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but, you did say you were a but, kid. But, but I knew how to yeah. drive and do all that shit. You know, I could get around just fine, but I just wasn't legal to do it yet. Oh, fuck. And, so, he, and is he still hammered back there, your brother? Oh, oh, well, he's, you know, he's pretty fucking out of it. He'd been cranking for quite a few days and he was pretty well steamed out you know but i said you're gonna have to get your shit together for about five minutes here and uh, sit in this driver's seat and and take care of this fucking thing and then because i said nobody told me shit i don't know <laughs> so he did we i pulled over and he jumped up that, that conventional so he got plenty of room to move you know and we just swapped seats and he took the driver's seat man he looked like death warmed over and the cop goes you know, you were speeding out there. And, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, officer. You know, just kind of gave him the shoes and, and then took the ticket and said, okay, have a good day. And then the cop pulled off and we swapped seats again. And I took off driving down the rest of the, went down, loaded the rest of the truck and headed on back home up to Ashland. You know, <laughs> pretty, pretty simple. But that, but that was a, 
quite an interesting trip. Oh, I bet it got your heart rate going when you saw those fucking lights. Well, and then, you know, here I am with his girlfriend and him in the truck. He's sicker than a dog. Oh, girl, she was in there too? girlfriend, she come back to Oregon with him. And he's she wanted to meet the wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd done this many times I didn't even know about it before. He'd bring her up. He'd put her in a motel. Wow. Go Gary. Home, go home and hang out at home for a while and then go say he's going to go work on the truck and go hang out in the motel with her and and come back and get I mean it, that went on for many many years before they finally ever got wind of that and he's still married to that one today oh, same one yeah that's the one you have a beef with yeah she's sweet as pie now oh good yeah uh, she was telling me she showed me a picture the other day of uh, her and Gary when they were dating in 1974, that was before I even graduated from high school. So that was, he'd been married, this guy's been married one, two, Diane, Terry, Diane, Kathy. He'd been married three times before, my brother. Fourth time's the charm. Fourth time's the charm. <laughs> but I mean, he had a, he had a son uh, Eric was his name by his first wife and the lady that he was living with was taking care of his son and he's he's chasing the tail on the other end of the stick <laughs> and I, <laughs> oh boy I know I just I, but it's all good I, it doesn't bother me anymore anymore about it. think about it, all that shit that went on back in them, them days yeah her parents owned a, a bar there in the Corning you know, Corning, California, mm -hmm. you know, where uh, Redding is. Mm -hmm. And south of Redding is a town called Corning and Williams. You've heard of them, any of them towns? You know, like I said, it's just, I in my days since I've lived in Southern Oregon, I've gone down to Redding. Right. But yeah. I've just driven through those other places. Okay, but anyway, about. that's a little town down there. We used to get fuel and truck stops and stuff. And it's, her parents owned a bar across the street from the truck stop. And that's how he met her. And that, that that thing had been going on forever, and nobody really ever knew, even knew about it. It's the life of a long haul trucker. Yeah, that's that's tough on tough on relationships. I never could stay to, stay married when I was driving. But you're on your own out there, pretty much. You got to su survive the fittest survivor, however that word says. You know. There was one other thing that went on one time. It was pretty crazy. I. Nobody got hurt or anything, but this is a pretty kind of a miracle thing that happened. It, I was uh, going in the Bay Area. Uh, it was like about um, two in the afternoon on a Monday afternoon, going in to deliver, into a load of potatoes or something on to deliver in there, and the traffic was like that. Is that 80 that goes into the Bay Area? Yeah, yeah, that hooks over from the five. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, in fact, there's like, I think there's six or eight lanes of traffic, and I was watching this 280Z behind me. He was a few cars back, and he was kind of darting in and out, darting in and out, you know, and I thought, well, that's kind of, kind of crazy, you know, and I didn't think much of it, and I'm cruising down the road, and all of a sudden, I hear something, and this guy took that 280Z, and he went underneath my trailer. He was trying to get to an exit. He went underneath my trailer, and it was low. It was, it was low enough that it didn't. He didn't hit his head or nothing on the thing, but he caught the 
so he's upright he's upright he went right i was driving down the freeway and he cut right underneath and he did that on purpose he did that on purpose yeah and he caught it caught he caught i have a some chain hangers down there where you hang your chains he caught one of them chain hangers on the side of one of his mirrors on his z and that's the only thing i'd ever heard pulled out pulled he pulled right through there i mean i had to pull over to see if the guy was alive or not and he was shaking in his shit i'll tell you what but i never got hurt and he never got hurt either Wow. That was, that was a pretty interesting little... Ballsy move there, bro. Uh, uh, yeah, but you see a lot of <laughs> shit like that down there. People are... Jeremiah said his mom, she passes on the ride up here a lot when she's going... Has he ever told you that? No, but it's one of my pet peeves is when I have to pass someone on the right. <laughs> Just camp out in the left lane and go 70. Yeah. Yeah, we ran a lot of hours, boy, I'll tell you what. I don't know. A trip to L.A. and a trip to the Bay in one, in one week. Leave, leave uh, load Friday night in Klamath Falls and go deliver Sunday night in L.A. Load Monday. Load back Monday. Get back home Tuesday night. Load in L.A.? Load in L.A. And then load back up and be back home in, in uh, Ashland on Tuesday night for Wednesday morning. And then load another load for Wednesday and then go back to the bay and be back here for Friday morning. And you kept it to 10 hours at a time? Well, that's when the three log <laughs> works came intact. Yeah, I was going to say. 10 <laughs> hours divided by three. Yeah. Well, I didn't even, that paperwork didn't even make sense to me after all. They never, but they never audited us or nothing on it. It was like, you know, you just got to get make sure you have them the right one if they ever pull you over. But I never got pulled over. Never, ever got pulled over. I ran the speed limits, you know, and did the, everything was cool. The only time you got pulled over is when you were way too young to be driving truck. <laughs> That's basically it, yeah. And you technically didn't get pulled over because no, your brother was in the driver's seat. <laughs> oh, and then one time, here's another story that I was, I was in the Bay Area too on this one. And I was driving that, that truck, that new one we went and picked up, that had that V12 in it. And on top of those cylinder heads, there's these uh, fuel lines that, feed the injectors there's like 48 of them in each in each Whoa. in each side of the motor and they they vibrate loose once in a while and they'll split but anyway i was driving down the freeway and man i think that all of a sudden i could smell this diesel fuel and my mirrors were just covered with fuel the side of my truck was just covered with fuel and what had happened those uh oil lines of, or those fuel lines are broke filled up the oil pan full of fuel and blew that out the blow-by. How many of them came loose? Four of them. Wow. They didn't come cl completely loose, but they just enough split, split enough to leak in and fill the oil pan full of fuel. So I pulled over immediately. I see what was going on. You know, oil pressure started going down, and so I just yanked it off the side of the road. And, and I called my buddy up. Chuck Strom is his name. He was our... Detroit mechanic. He goes, I Chuck know. Strom, that sounds yeah. like a mechanic. He says, I know what's wrong with that. He says, that you got any tools with you? I said, oh, I got a few with me. What What do you think I need? And he goes, well, you're going to have to pull the valve covers off that truck. I said, you're going to have a mess for a little bit. Just don't worry about it. You'll get it. I'll get you going here. So he says, uh, pop them valve covers off and look in there and see which one of them lines and how many of those are broken. I said, well, I found four. Cause you can see where the fuel sprayed on the side of the block and it made it clean, you know, like a spray, real clean spot. And he, there happened to be a Detroit, Pacific Detroit dealer, not too far away. I mean, you can almost see him from the freeway. 
And so I said, uh, well, I think there's a shop right over here where I can get some parts. And uh, and, the, and all this is going on, a snap-on truck driver, a snap-on truck stopped by to see if I could, if he could do anything for me. But yeah, I said, you know, I need one wrench. I, I need to buy a wrench for me. He goes, that. Well, them line wrenches that goes around and where you drop it down in and it spins around. You need this half-inch line wrench to get these lines off. And I didn't have one. He goes, he goes. I think I got one of them. And he went back and got. It. He goes here. I think you got enough problems. You can just have this one. Take take nice. care. So he gave me that one. And he goes, now now you know what's going on. Now we got the fun to go through. He says, you need to go get some oil. So so go over to that shop. Get somebody to take you over and get some oil. I just went over basically across the freeway. So I went and got picked up 10 gallons of oil that I needed and those four lines. And he goes, just get off the side of the road far enough and just pull that plug on that pan right there and just, just let, let it out. Just let her go. <laughs> he goes, just think of it as a bath for your motor in your truck, you know. And put those lines back on first before you dump all that shit out. And then all you got to do is put the valve cover back on, pull that plug and fill it back up and get the hell out of there. And and as he walked me through it, and I got out of there, and we were down the road, and everything was good as gold again. That sounds like it could be dangerous. If the if the if there's like a for any reason some kind of spark or something. Uh, you got no, no, because it's all inside the all inside the valve cover. So there was no it was way all, it could ignite. Just like a muffled any, thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was just the blow by from the motor, just out of the basically out of the exhaust, shooting that shit okay. all around the other place, you know. Okay. So. I went and got that all dialed in and found me a truck rush down the road later that day and got it all cleaned off again. But that Did was they when, say, what the hell have you been into? Yeah, but that's a pretty good experience when you can, nice when you can fix your own rig when you're going up and down the road like that. I guarantee you truck drivers today would not even attempt. Oh, they wouldn't even know what to do. Well, they probably wouldn't let them do it in the first place. No. This guy told me, he says, you got any problems ever, 24 hours a day, you call me. And he said, I'll... If I can walk you through it, I'll walk you through it. Nice. And he did. Super good guy. I wonder if there's still people like that in the industry. I don't know. I bet they're hard and far and few between. Yeah. That was like a two-page story turned into a short one. (laughs) It's your second draft. Yeah. When I talked about the fog already, I never wore, you know, I never wore glasses ever in my life ever until I drove in that fog. Oh, because it's the, the strain, the strain on your eyes. And plus, so you're reflecting all that light back to oh, you. Yeah, you know yeah. how like the uh, deep sea fishermen yeah. that don't wear sunglasses, right. they get that immacular degeneration. Oh yeah, that, Just, I, that could throw you all to hell. Yeah. But we were driving at night and day both in the fog, so it was pretty crazy both ways. But depressing information for that driving. In fog, let me tell you what. That's something that we haven't had fog like that for a long time. I mean, back in those days, the fog was more, we got more snow. You know, the whole system's off course a little bit. You think that area still gets a little bit of fog, or have you? Uh, but you don't hear of it much anymore. Yeah. You don't hear, remember Road Valley used to get a lot of fog, but you don't, you know. Just certain times of the year now you'll see it, but yeah, I mean, not like it used to. Doesn't, doesn't hang like it used to hang. Yeah, because when I lived up uh, Dead Indian Memorial Road, I would just wake up and look down, you know, I'm nine miles up there. Right, and you don't want to go Ashland's down. just a blanket <laughs> of fog. And then you would drive down into it and it'd be like, wow, if I didn't wake up. Right. Way up there, I would never know that the sun was even out today. So you lived up on Dead Indian? Uh-huh. Well, I, so I did a 
like two and a half to three year stint up there I was caretaking for a big ass piece of property and doing the soap job it was just too much to keep okay. doing where was that at? so you know where Earth Teach is Earth it, what? Earth Teach it's like this huge like 2,000 acre property and it's a guy that's got like a <laughs> sanctuary up there for, they they cut trails okay and they and kids go up there and learn stuff okay so they that's camp outs and stuff for yeah. Them? yeah okay okay so that's okay. about 10 miles up there <clears throat> okay and I was r- the property right before that okay so and I did all sorts of shit up there. That was, that was a fun place to live. Cool. Like, that's where I first started growing weed. Nice, nice. And uh, uh, just, I had a wood stove. I chopped my own wood. It's like what I want to get back to. Were you living up there by yourself then? I was. Okay. So this is a crazy story. I ended up, it was a six-month temporary thing. Okay. And then the dude who was the caretaker, Fucking two months after I started living up there in what was supposed to be a six-month stint, that dude, I talked to him every day while I was living up there. He suddenly disappeared. And then my neighbor stopped and knocked on my door and asked me for a ride to work one day. And I was in the shower or something. I didn't answer. So he cuts down to the highway across the field and finds the dude. He had shot himself. Uh And so the woman who owned the property lived in Mexico and she came up to deal with all of that, and she was like, "Do you want? Do you want to do the job? You want to take his place?" And I was like, "She must have just saw my face because I was like." And she goes, "How about this? I'm going to be here for two weeks, and by the time I leave, you can tell me." And at that point, I was like, "You know, I really like it up here." Kind of just shook the eerie vibes of that dude's suicide. Right. But I ended up moving into his little apartment that he was staying in up there. Oh, fuck. You know what's funny is Jeremiah and Kathy lived up there. Oh, wow. Same same house. Oh, wow. So I don't know if you remember that, hearing about that, but it was like, yeah, just up Dead Indian Memorial Road. Oh, wow. I don't know okay. how, how long they lived up there, but... Okay. That was okay. a weird connection we made early wow. on. Okay. Same house. Same house. Wow. I actually was in that house, and then I moved into the loft apartment of the garage. Wow. Okay. So. Wow. I'll be asking about that. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's funny how that thing stuff comes around, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, we had a couple wrecks of our other trucks. I remember uh, one guy was uh, hauling from, uh, he had a Canadian run hauling produce up to Canada. Once a week, taking a load up out of, and that's a, you know, that's a quite a few miles up there and back each time. And he was, he'd haul apples out of Wenatchee up in Washington and take produce up to, to uh, Canada. And he'd build the, he'd do the same thing in the bananas. They'd have to build a wall behind the bananas so they could keep them a certain temperature, you know. And they'd put stuff on the floor even because you're going into Canada, you know, it's pretty cold up there. So, yeah. keep those things right. But he was coming down. Running late, going down through the canyon down there by Redding and laid that truck over on its driver's side, going through one of them corners too fast. And man, I'll tell you what, when you lay those things down on their side, it's just like, it's almost like a can opener opening up them things on the guardrail, you know, it kind of takes the top off of it, you know, but the guy walked away, never had a scar on him. Did he leave a shitload of bananas? Or he'd already dropped his bananas off. Yeah, he, you know, he, was, he had a load of apples on. <laughs> apples. Made some applesauce. Apples all over the place. That was one wreck, and then there was one other one that we had over in uh, Nevada. It was, uh, what was the name of that town in Nevada? Anyway, the guy had a, 
came up. He was overloaded, and he was trying to figure out how to get around the scales and got out. He had Sunny Delight orange juice. <laughs> honey. Uh, gallon cans of honey. And bananas. That was his whole load. And he dumped that fucking thing over in the in that area. Over there. Highway smoothie. Highway smoothie, yeah. yeah. That'd be a pretty good smoothie. This orange guy's juice. name was... Uh, his name was Mike. Mike was his first name, and his handle was Shaky. Did he get that handle after wrecking, or is that yeah, <laughs> No, he always had that handle. He, he was a pretty shaky guy, though. He was a pretty good driver, but he just, you know, you can't let corners out beat you. You got to be smarter than that. Yeah. And it's usually because people aren't paying attention or tired or running late, you know, or whatever. But you can always stop and take a 20-minute nap. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's... You found me lots of times just laying over my steering wheel until you get cramped up enough, you wake back up and you go again. I yep. mean, a, a little nap can just I, uh, do wonders. Never get in the sleeper, just lay over the doghouse, because if you ever got in the sleeper, it might, you may not wake up for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Fall asleep hard, you're out for hours. Yeah. But you make a lot of tracks. I ate a lot of sunflower seeds in those days, man. I'll tell you what, we had... And that sunflower seeds really work to help keep you awake. If you if you can try to keep from getting any sunflower shells on the floor, this gives your brain something to do. <laughs> but, yeah, well, and it, you know you're trying not to make a mess in your floor, so you're it keeps you awake to try to do that, so you can just fucking keep on cruising. Huh? And I buy bags of them fucking sunflower seeds. Get those little plastic cups, you know, like those drink cups, and mm-hmm. then and then just when you get to the truck stop, just dump them things out. And when I went to Texas. When I moved to Texas down there seven years ago, I did the same kind of a thing, but I didn't, I didn't give a fuck what the floor looked like. <laughs> I had four bags of sunflower seeds on the floor when I got the finally got down there. They're about that thick, you know. I'd rent a U-Haul. I figured, fuck it, you know, you pay for that. Let them clean it up. Yeah. And I got stopped in uh, Nevada that trip going down in the motorhome, and uh, or I mean, my when I had that. U-Haul and I was pulling my car. Now I thought you could keep your pistol in your car. I mean, what good's a pistol if you don't, if you need it, if it's not in with you? In and your, you were in Texas it, at this point. I was in Nevada. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that you couldn't carry them in Nevada, but yeah, yeah di- different states and different laws. Yeah. It's hard to keep track. The guy was cool about me. He goes, I just put it in the back of your rig, and we'll they checked it all out, made sure it wasn't stolen, you know, and whatnot. But that's a I learned a lesson that you don't play with all them states with the guns, you know. Yeah, I mean, in the entire West Coast at this point, from right. Washington South all the way to Do you shoot bottom guns? of California. Yeah, I mean, right now it's it's been years, but uh, I grew up with, you know, my mom was pretty anti-gun, anti-motorcycle, but okay. uh, my cousins on both sides of my family. I mean, okay. I, I ended up learning how to shoot and learning how right. to hunt and stuff, and. I've never shot an animal. Right. I've gone hunting many times, but just to go out and fuck around with guns, I've done that plenty of times. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah is getting me back into it. Cool. Like I'm, I'm definitely going to get a, a new handgun. I've got a shitty little revolver right now. Right. It's just basically to have for protection. Pick you up a nice little 22 and get a scope on it. Come up here and shoot squirrels with them. Some <laughs> when it gets hot out, they just sit up there on the find a place to sit out there and hang out for a while, drink a few beers, and shoot some squirrels. Does Jeremiah and... shoot squirrels? Oh yeah. That motherfucker. I'm going to have to tell that's, his vegan community. Op- open game. Open <laughs> game up here. That's one thing that they want to get rid of. 
<laughs> I'm gonna tell him, man, you shoot it, you eat it. <laughs> That's our rules. Well, and then the worst time to drive the truck, I found out, it was in the morning, like when the sun started to come up. I don't know if you ever had that, if you ever drove all night before. Oh, yeah. You know, in the morning when that sun starts coming up and it's just like... Your eyes are adjusting. Almost, yeah, it's almost... I found out that if you just pull over for 30 minutes and let that sun get up and get situated where it's going to be, it, it takes a lot less out of you than if you fight it to go through it to get... So it's just not not enough fire in there to make everything quite work yet, you know. But if you just drop it down and just check out for a little bit, and then you're good to go again. Otherwise, you're fighting all day long. Let me tell you what I I know because we drove a lot of 24-hour day shots. <laughs> I don't know how many days in a row we stayed. See, between up. your your three log books, you've got 30 hours, so you're still three under. Log, three <laughs> log books and three mirrors and three. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, I'd, I'd go back and do them days again. Hey, who knows? Maybe we die and just start this <clears throat> life all over again. There you go. I've wondered. And when I was a little kid, I, that's what I thought was happening for some yeah. reason. I was certain of it. So who knows? Maybe this is like the 712th time you've done this. Life. All right. Well, when you go out, when you come from uh, L.A., out around San Bernardino, out in that area, when you come up that way, there's a great big great big mountain pass up on top up there and that's when we used to pee in milk jugs gallon jugs you know and you'd see these people fill them up and they'd set them out in this big old open area up there it looked like a when you're coming down the mountain looked like a artwork <laughs> side of the road but they finally cold that situation but you know i mean shit when you're going up and down the road there's no place to park you no place to go you got to go you know no i always had a pee jug in my truck so you would just set them on the side of the road, or? Oh, yeah, when, you, when they fill up, you just set them out there and just fucking, and so let somebody else take care of it. It's better than, like, throwing well, them. Yeah, well, they didn't have no <laughs> bathrooms anywhere, so we're just trying to get the point across that you need to put some fucking rest areas up here somewhere, you know? What do you expect people to do? Yeah. I would say, yeah, how many piss jugs does it take to finally build a restroom? Oh, yeah. I mean, I drove down the road and peed in a bottle many times so I'm driving down the road. I, I've done it, and there's <laughs> restrooms available. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to fucking stop. That was one of the things I was thinking about. Urine art. <laughs> Urine art, yeah. When Gizzy's using the fucking pillow like a human. <laughs> What's that? Gizmo's using the pillow like a human. <laughs> Yeah, the thing I really miss most about that trucking is keeping those trucks clean. I really like keeping them clean. You know, when you when people notice you going down the road and they say, oh, there goes that good-looking rig, you know. You just get a good reputation for being out there. That Everybody, you know, you're doing things right. You know, we, weren't, we were playing pretty hard, but we were making it right, making it work right, you know. Was there outfits that were notorious for having filthy trucks? Oh, yeah. Big time, yeah. Always broke down. Always sitting in the, along the freeway. and But we, you know, back in those days, people would stop and help each other, too. You know, they don't, you don't see that anymore. Nobody yeah, like that story you told a little bit ago about the little fuel injector lines and everything. Yeah. The people back in those days, they used to wave at each other, you know, when you're going down the road, when you're on a two-lane road and everybody 
put their hand up and wave more. You can't even do that anymore. They think you're waving a gun at them. Yeah, you know, where I'm back in my hometown in that that whole area, it's hard to, like, when you get there, you mm-hmm. get used to waving it to everybody again, and then I'll, like, after a week or so, I'll come back to Aston, and I'll still be doing it, and people are just like, fuck you! Oh, no. What you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking wave at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did most of our own washing and everything on the trucks. I had my truck in the 4th of July parade one year. I just got it out of the paint shop and <clears throat> we just done a really sweet, sweet job on it. I mean, it was a, the last one I think I ever did on it that was pretty, pretty good one. Anyway, I was dating the gal that ran the Jackson County Fairgrounds. She was a quadriplegic. And uh, so she wanted to know if I wanted to put a banner on the side of her, on my truck and do some advertisements for the Jackson County Fair. So I put Shelly, the gal that was in the wheelchair, in the driver's side, or in the passenger seat in the truck and drove through the 4th of July parade with her on that. She thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Nice shiny truck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these trucks are nice. You, I'll, I'll get you some pictures of them. You'll have to see them. That's and, all I got in this, this one here. I saved the really crazy one for another day. Yeah, we'll get into the, scan- the scandalous side. Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything else you want to talk about, you can. We've been going for two, just over two hours. Oh, well, Didn't well fit, time you edit out all that stuff, that'll be fine. So keep, Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll keep talking. we got nothing else to do. Yeah, no, I'll go as long as we can. I mean, yeah. they ain't going to be home for a while. You doing all right? Oh, yeah. Okay. I might take a piss break here in a little you bit. Yeah. Yeah. Take a smoke break and a piss break? Yeah, let's hit pause that way. Just as long as I remember to start it back up. <laughs> That's fine. So Andy was showing me this book earlier, and it's it looks pretty interesting. It's about strange shit that people who are on the road, often truckers, have seen. Have Do you know of any stories like this, or have you seen anything yourself? Um, well, go ahead and read a little piece out of there, just for the fun the of back? The, back of, the back of it. Yeah. Women in White. Wandering soldiers and phantom hitchhikers haunt the darkened and deserted roadways of the United States. Truckers, men, and women who have driven millions of miles of highway lit only by the twin beams of their rigs' headlights have long reported sightings of unusual or ominously strange uncanny visions, mysterious apparitions, and roaming spirits of the dead. Uh, The only thing that I can compare this with, and... This has got to be a pretty wide open situation we, on this one, but um, I seen some stuff myself one day. I was uh, I was coming home from L.A. on a trip, and it was about oh I was coming through down there by Redding Red Bluff that scale down there. It must have been about one o'clock in the morning. It was about 80 degrees. I was a nice summer night, you know, and I pulled into this uh, rest area and I parked, the, pulled up and parked, and I looked across this freeway. And you know, they uh, carve those trees like to make it look like animals and whatnot and stuff like that. And they, the bushes were just flat and squares to be, but in that when I pulled up, when I looked across the street over there, I 
I could see Mickey Mouse <laughs> and Donald Duck <laughs> and uh, all the Disney characters dancing around the rest area over there. That was my, that was me. <laughs> that was a true me story. <laughs> That's one that I told you I was going to get into later, but that brought me about, about that thing there. That's how you found that book you were looking into. Oh uh, well, no, I well, I always kind of like that kind of shit, you know. But I, I think that this is kind of into that era of people. Um, you know, I don't know if those are all true stories or if they're not. Does it say true stories? I mean, it it, it seems like this woman, um, Annie Wilder. It says she didn't write this; she edited it. So that to me. Okay. says she compiled a bunch of different stories right. and anecdotes from people and then wrote them down. Well, I was on my CB radio talking to the truckers that were going up and down the road. I said, you got to stop and check out that scene in that rest area. <laughs> Did any of them say they saw stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sat there for a little while and got loaded up and headed on home. <laughs> I think I took about a three months sabbatical after that trip. <laughs> it's funny, too, what we were just watching about Disney. <laughs> kind of all put it all together. Yeah. Pulled it out. Well, your your episode, the one we're doing right now, will come up after that. One, so. <laughs> yeah. So, and then you were also saying earlier that you had some ghost activity in one of the houses you lived in in Ashland. Yeah, I know for a fact, man. I'll tell you what, because I've seen that goes many 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 times and it was always a friendly one it was never you know but i mean i'd be laying i could see from the my bed out that front window basically in that bedroom you ever been in that house or not no anyway but when you walk in the back door the laundry room was right there and then immediate right was the bedroom where i slept and then if you look straight through you can see out the front window across the street kind of like to where that motel is and and at night I lay down there at night and I could I could hear like this little wind blowing or something like you know like a little and I mean it wasn't ordinary but it wasn't odd it was just always there you know and I could see this I I remember seeing this little silhouette thing coming down from the attic and just walk by the doorway to the bed from the bedroom to the bathroom and I just never it just always I just always thought hey I got a friend here with me and it and it happened many 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 so it was times. like just like a silhouette or it's like a silhouette yeah I met friends with a ghost when I was two and my mom believed <clears throat> me I've told Jeremiah about this my dad is <clears throat> tell I talked to him on the phone the other day and he's like yeah I believe in ghosts now and then his grandma just died a few years ago. And the family that moved into that house, the little girls in fourth grade, and her mom went in and talked to my dad's wife, who's a secretary at the school there. And she said, my little girl says that she has a friend named Belle that she talks to at night. And Belle was the name of my dad's grandma. <laughs> so sure. she might be seeing her. <clears throat> wow, I mean, little kids seem to be more open to that kind of stuff. It's crazy yeah. that as an adult you were seeing wow. that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Drippy. But I mean, I just thought it was part of life, you know. I mean, I thought, I mean, I'd, I'd always, I'd never had any ifs, ands, or buts about it. I just believed it, you know, as part of society. And it doesn't sound like you were scared. 
No, I mean, you know, just it wasn't doing any harm, just hanging out, you know. I'd be scared if I saw Mickey Mouse walking down my hallway. <laughs> well, I was I was pretty happy that night. I didn't give a fuck if Donald Duck was fucking Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I didn't care. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> but I, that's that's that was the end of my story for a while. I had to I had to take a break. That was kind of like that sabbatical when I picked up my brother down there, you know, and he had to take a little time off. I was about in that era, if not more. Okay. But I, I tell you what, we put on some miles, man. I mean, we ran really, really hard. I played hard and I worked hard. Oh, when I was a kid, I just worked. I loved to work and I loved to play, so it all... It kind of went hand in hand, you know. Overlapping of working and playing. Oh, big time, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I had, when I got out of high school, I had a boat, a jet boat, 19-foot jet boat. had a 460 Ford in it. And, and uh, between work and when I, before I started going on the road, I'd working in the warehouse, you know, doing that. And shit, I'd, I was smudging when I was a kid. And doing, What's you know, smudging? Light, lighting up, uh, pots for orchards okay keep them warm you know i was back in the days when i first started picking up jobs i had like three jobs when i was in high school i always liked to have money in my pocket everybody couldn't figure out why i like to have money in my pocket i could just i mean it just seemed like that's what you're supposed to do is have money in your pocket you know so i always had a money clip full of cash in my pocket you know just felt you know but i earned it and i worked it and i made it work you know i had a motorcycle shop you ever heard of Dennis Kirk before? I'm sure that sounds familiar. They sell uh, fenders and handlebars and handle grips and is all it, kinds of stuff. Is it a big company? Big company. Okay, yeah. I've probably heard of it. Snowmobile stuff and stuff like that. And I had a. Well, you know, my grandpa's or my uncle's name is Kirk Dennis. Oh, wow. Weird side tangent. Oh, shit. That's trippy, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I rode dirt bikes too. And uh, I, this company that I. This Dennis Kirk, I got hooked up with a friend of mine, and I set up a little warehouse out there at the place where we had the produce company. I had a little shed back there, and I'd, I'd bring in fenders and handlebar grips and all the kind of stuff people tear up on the weekends, you know, and I had a little pay box there. I had the price tags on them all, and people would just drop their money in the box and take what they wanted, and off they went. You know, that was the way things used to be. People could trust people to do stuff like that, you know. Yeah, you imagine that today? Oh, fuck that. In San Francisco, yeah. if somebody's robbing a CVS, you just have to let them do it unless they, like, right. take a certain amount. <laughs> I see you over here by Hilt, by the, you know, where the liquor store is there. If you go down that road a little ways there on the right, there's a place that's called Honey Bee Lane. And they got a place out there where you can buy eggs, and it's a pay-by. They have a little refrigerator out there, and you put your money in a box and, and take your eggs. Just a, just a flat-out honor system, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah. I hope nobody takes advantage of it. Yeah, well, that's nice when we, it's nice to see something like that. Wouldn't that be nice if the world would come back to that? Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, all the young kids think that we need to do it through communism. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I think they need to study history. So, yeah, it's funny, too, because you mentioned working in high school. I, do kids in high school even work anymore today? Oh, I don't. I don't. So. Like, I even, like at drive through restaurants, they're all adults now and stuff. When I was in high school, I had a paper route. And I worked at a restaurant doing dishes, and then I did that smudging stuff in the early mornings, and I only went to school like half a day. 
I got that work split thing, you know, that he didn't, I didn't give a fuck if I went to school anyway, so I didn't really care if I passed or not, you know. But I knew what I was going to be doing, and I was going to be working for my dad, so I really didn't care, you know. And the principal says, well, I don't think we're going to be able to pass this year. I said, well, I really don't care. I know where I'm going to be at anyway. And so dad went down and seen him. He goes, you know, you got people like my son. He's working. He's He's got a full-time job working with me. And he's not hurting anybody. He's not doing anything. And he don't like school. So you can either graduate him or you can not graduate him. And I'll make a big scene for you. And he wrote that diploma out and fucking said, take care. You know, but it's like, it wasn't, not like I was being, a, doing anything bad to not, you know, it wasn't like skipping school and doing shit like that. You know, I was working. But they just didn't. He didn't quite get it, you know, and sometimes you don't have to go to school to get what you need. Well, we were talking earlier about power trips. It seems like a lot of fucking high school principals are just there to fucking That's crazy, isn't throw it? their shit around, yeah. I found out some stuff the other day I, I never heard of when I was in high school. That, I'm not going to say any names, but some of the school teachers were hitting on some of the cheerleaders down there. And uh, I just found out about it about three months ago through a good friend of mine that I went to school with that just told me about it. And uh, hard to believe, you know, when you sit back and think about that. I mean, how how, how, how do they get away with getting away with that then any different than anything else that should have been dealt with over the years, you know? Yeah, I mean, these, these jobs not only attract people who are want a power trip, but they also unfortunately the jobs that are you know to do with kids right you're gonna attract some shady fucks right and i mean i remember when i was going to high school there was two different occasions where there were students sleeping with stu- teachers students or excuse me teachers sleeping with students okay. one of them was a female teacher sleeping with a dude sister and the other one was like right after she graduated high school they started a relationship uh-huh. But you know it was going on before then. Wow. So, and I mean, uh-huh. he was like in his upper, or he was in his probably upper 20s. Okay. And she was probably 16 when they started their thing. So, uh-huh. anyway, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that about Ashland. Your, that was from your high school? Or yeah, what? that was in Southern Idaho. Okay. So, yeah, so these, you knew these uh, people that were involved oh, in I this? I knew them really well. Yeah. You know, I didn't have no idea. Um, you want to look up that shooting? Sure. Yeah, you can take those headphones off. My daughter. I don't hear from her very often. All of a sudden, I'm hearing from her a lot today. It's weird we talked about her earlier. What's that? So it's weird that we were talking about her earlier. Assault weapon. <laughs> That's not a broad term. 
I could run somebody in over <coughs> with my car, and that's an assault weapon. He looks like he's sweating a little bit, isn't he? It's because they're asking the racial shit. 13 shot, 10 dead. A little early to ask All that question. Are on the table. As we go forward with the investigation, we will put every tool in our toolbox. Oh, to make sure that's such an overused term. <laughs> Biden said he's going to use every tool in the toolbox for gas prices. Yeah, this dude just looks so uncomfortable. He looks like he's shouldn't be there. On one? She asked which one. <laughs> he, looks so, like, he looks like a, a co- comedy guy, didn't he? Yeah. Isn't it kind of crazy how that, you know, the one that happened in the subway in New York not long ago? Is there ago? just news on it, not videos? Yeah. Read- readable stuff? I'm curious. Oh, I'm sure there is. That readable, yeah. that readable, that news shit, that video shit gets a little bit out there, I think. Oh, shit. 18-year-old. Wow. So this is a local one. I usually like the local ones. More than like big outlets, so let's try this one. This goddamn keyboard. This is from spilling a beer on it. Oh, yeah. Buffalo, New York. Uh, An 18 year old man drove hours from a county in New York state before opening fire at a Buffalo supermarket in what high ranking police and government officials are calling a racially motivated attack that left 10 people dead. The gunman, sporting a rifle and body armor, armor, shot 13 people at the Topps Friendly Market on Jefferson Avenue in Buffalo before he was taken into custody Sunday afternoon, that's today as we record this, according to law enforcement officials. The gunman was identified as Peyton Gendron, Gendron of Conklin, about 200 miles southeast of Buffalo, two law enforcement officials told the Associated Press. The officials were not permitted to speak publicly on the matter and did so on the condition of anonymity. Gendron, who was scheduled to be arraigned Saturday night, is white, and 11 of the 13 victims were black, law enforcement officials said at a news conference late Saturday afternoon. He is expected to be charged with first-degree murder. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> the shooter live-streamed his attack on the grocery store, authorities said, he is also, and they also don't say what platform. He also is reported to have left a racist manifesto. Ooh. It was a straight-up racially motivated hate crime, Erie County Sheriff John C. Garcia said. This person was pure evil. I like it when they shoot people without hate in their heart better myself. I don't know about you, Andy. (laughs) This one was a love crime. The supermarket is in a neighborhood that is 79% black that's located about three miles north of downtown Buffalo. The surrounding area is primarily residential with a family dollar store and fire station near the store. We have evidence in custody right now, that's, this is the guy that we just listened to, that shows there is some racial component to these actions. <clears throat> Attorney John, oh that was John Flynn, the sweaty bastard in the suit. He said the evidence indicated the shooter was driven by, quote, racial animosity, end quote. 
Stephen Belongia, who heads a local branch of the FBI, said the agency is investigating this, quote, both as a hate crime and racially motivated motivated violent extremism, end quote. At about 2.30 p.m., the man got out of his vehicle with an assault rifle and and tactical gear and shot four people in the parking lot of the grocery store. Buffalo Police Commissioner Joseph A. Grandma Glee, these motherfuckers in their names. You can't pronounce any of them. Grandma Glea, this is all like Italian, said that at the news conference, three people died and one person survived. The man entered, so that was just out in the parking lot. He's already killed three people. The man entered the store and began shooting customers and staff, he said. A security guard, a retired Buffalo police officer, fired multiple shots and hit the shooter, but the bullets did not penetrate the shooter's heavy armor. The man shot and killed the security guard, Grandma Glea. Grandma Glea, I'm really fucking that up, said. The shooter continued through the store shooting customers. He made his way back to the front of the store. They've really just got so detailed with this already. It happened a few hours ago. He made his way back to the front of the store where Buffalo police officers stopped him in the vestibule. The shooter then put the gun to his own neck. The officers talked the shooter into dropping the gun, and the shooter put down the gun, took off some of his armor, and surrendered. He was arrested and taken to Buffalo Police Headquarters. This is a tragic incident by someone who's not part of our community who does not live here. Grimaglia, I think that's how you say it. Grimaglia said, Tops Friendly Markets released a statement. We are all shocked and deeply saddened by this senseless act of violence, and our thoughts and prayers are with the victims and their families. Hmm. Police closed off the block, lined by spectators, and yellow police tape sur- taped surrounding the full parking lot. Governor Kathy Hochul, oh, I don't like that woman, tweeted that she was, quote, closely monitoring the shooter shooting at a grocery store in Buffalo, end quote, her hometown. She said state officials have offered help to local authorities. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown and Erie County Executive Mark Polencars also expressed their condolences while speaking during the news conference Saturday night. We are hurting, and we are seething right now as a community, Brown said. This is a day of great pain. You know when that black guy opened up fire in the subway in New York? Right. They refused to mention his race. He was a black man that shot a bunch of Asians, really, and none of them died. This guy killed a bunch of people. But they're already really focusing in on the race. So it looks like... You just wanted to go for some easy pickings, looks like, huh? Well, they also really made it known <laughs> that he drove from over 200 miles away. Is that what they said? Yeah, so it's 200 miles now. 200 miles southeast of Buffalo. <clears throat> so he had this... Okay, so it looks like this is where he started. What was up. going on on his mind on that 200-mile drive? <clears throat> Hard to say. Uh, we'll be hearing about this one for a while. You can already no tell. Kidding, yeah. Even though it's in New York, huh? Yeah, where the last big shooting was too, and they've already stopped talking about that one because oh, the guy was black. You Which, ever been up to Alaska? I've never been to Alaska. <clears throat> no. I'd like to. Yeah. I've got friends that do fishing up there, and like. Oh, cool. uh, Sitka. Sitka, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty country up there. It's nice in the summertime. 
Yeah, like we were talking earlier, I don't know if I'd want to check it out in the winter. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of fun just to go see the Northern Lights for a, a week or something, you know? Yeah. But other than that, I think it's a different world up there when it gets dark. So did you uh, drive up to Bellingham and ferry in, or did you actually fly up there? Flew up. Yeah, I've always wanted to go. It's a... Uh, Seems like it's a frontier, like not really like the rest of the United States at all. Right. Well, Jeremiah can tell you a lot about it. You probably talked about that. Huh? How lo- I did. When we, I don't know if we have recently, but how much? How long did he spend up there? How much time? Uh, he was up there for, a, I think, a fall and came back in the spring or winter and spring. He spent up there. I believe. I believe he came back in the springtime. He went down to see Ashley in Reno. She was down there working down there and uh he decided he couldn't stay away from that so he had to go come back he did a lot of jobs a lot of different things for a while there he was a busy character man he's got a resume that's fucking 10 pages long john and i were talking about this the other day like this 22 year old kid walks in with more work experience than both of us (laughs) and he's Jeremiah really hasn't changed since he was 22. I'm sure he's... No. I mean, he just seems like an old soul. Yeah. Smart dude. Yeah, I don't know how... uh, It'd be interesting to write all those down. Yeah, I asked him the other day if he could name them off the top of his head, and he goes, I could probably get most of them. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to start that list just for the fun of it, or sit there thinking about it, and I'll ask him about it. We're on camera anyway right now, Mm -hmm. right? So, uh, I know he did some painting at an airport. Oh, right? that's right. That was in Portland. He worked at shopping cart for a while. I think that might have been in high school. In the state he worked for. Who? State of Oregon. Oh, he did? Mm-hmm. Was that like uh, forest work? or? Uh, picking up shit on the freeway, dead animals and shit like that. Okay. Maybe that's what made him go vegan. Was it? Oh, that could be. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing all the dead flesh. Yeah. <laughs> he smelled a dead deer and was like, fuck that. He had that paper route, or that mail route. Yeah, we've talked about that. I went for a ride with him on that one one night. It was pretty crazy. So yeah. what was he doing in Reno? He had a job there, didn't he? He was working at a glass factory. That's it. Making the little uh, syringe speaker yeah, shit. Looked like uh, pipes to me. <laughs> oh, like crack pipes? Yeah. That's what it looked like, but... Yeah. He worked for that airplane place. Is that the painting place? Yeah. That's right. Industrial grade painting. You breathe that shit in, you're done. Then he worked for that uh, motorcycle shop in Alaska. Did, how many jobs did he have in high school? Because shopping cart's probably the one I know about. That's seven. That's more than I've had in my lifetime. I think he, oh, no, I probably had that many. I think he came up with 10 the other day, and he said he was probably missing a couple. Just oh, really raw. Sh- raw. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I forgot about that. And, he's... and how about the place the, the the place in Phoenix where they made the bread? Organico's. Organico? Yeah. He was actually doing that at the same time he was working for Sapo the first time. Oh, Sapo. Got to put that on there. Right. Shit, we're getting up to ten. <laughs> we might come up with more than he did if we stick to it. Got nine so far. <laughs> uh, well, what was he doing in Austin? Didn't he work there a little bit? I worked at IKEA. Fuck, <laughs> we're up to ten. We think of one more, we beat him. Oh, what he's doing right now? 
the web, the right. web shit. Um, did he do something else before that too, or has he been doing that pretty much? He had to have had something between. I think Raw was pretty much his main gig when he quit Sapo the first time. Yeah. That's eleven. Oh, we beat him. <laughs> Man, if I can get a hold of that podcast before I edit this and put it up, we could just splice that in right here. <laughs> I know Kathy's got it somewhere. There we go. During my kids' video. There we go. You found it. talking to you we went a lot longer than i thought we would and it didn't even seem like it was a long time <laughs> nice natural flowing conversation got got to see uh some of jeremiah's early beginning days of podcasting <laughs> cool that's yeah, fun to do this just got to get you know when you can relax and enjoy it and have fun with it you can really let things roll you know yeah now i got a kind of a feel for what it all goes on so it'll be a bit easier as you go you know yeah you're always welcome whenever Jeremiah comes on. If you if you cool. want a day to come up to the big city, right? You're always welcome to come back up here. Oh you? yeah, Jeremiah's <laughs> trying to get me to come shooting, so because yeah. I'm gonna buy a new handgun and he wants me to try his new one. So. Cool. Yeah, I got a nice one you can shoot too. It's oh got cool. That, it's got that 410, uh, 45. Oh, and I see, I love 45. Shoots either one, 410 yeah. or 45. Awesome. <clears throat> All right. The price, well, of, the price of ammo is about as high as the price of fuel. Yeah, that'd be a good thing to stock up on because it's only going to get higher. Right. Yeah. And when you can find it. Yeah. All right, so that's, we'll wrap up here, and uh, okay. Andy will definitely be back on. Sounds great. Take it easy, conspiracy players. Enjoy the coming end of spring. I guess we're still in the middle of spring. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it is. Good night. Is there a
Just keep on.